Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, the gold, gold central. The world is listening. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. Radio has changed our lives and possibly saved our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling News Live. Here are your hosts, J.J. Sexay. Stay thirsty, my friends. The Bronx father, Tony Mirabella. I'm going to make him an offer again with you. And the trade on. You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me. On the SNS Radio Network. Alright everybody, good evening. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. I am the Bronx Father. It's been a crazy couple of days, man. Uh, JJ busy at home. Uh, Trey having some computer issues. So, what are you going to do, man? You're going to have to just deal with me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's a bitter pill to swallow. Uh, No doubt been a while since i've been on with you guys uh it's just been like i said crazy a lot of shit going on a lot of news and i mean it's just all in all been a nutsoid week for wrestling but surprise surprise i'm not alone we called him back yes we did please welcome the man who is going to co-host with me tonight, the one, the only, the new kid on the block, L-Train. What's up, buddy? I thought it was stated in my one-night contract I did no encores. We get contracts now? 
<laughs> if we did, I can tell you this. I'm pretty sure you're making more than I am. Yeah, I'm making about 10 times what you're making. Multiply that by zero, and you get zero. So we're about even. I can live with that. Yeah, me too. How you been, man? Oh, man, it's been a little bit of a busy week for me. I mean, well, okay, not so busy. I mean, for the time being, I was unemployed for the past few weeks, which, you know, everybody goes through that. But uh, actually, I found out tomorrow and be starting a new job in the morning time. So, hey, a little bit more cash my way. That's a good thing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the way the economy is, you know, there's a lot of people fucking just getting still getting laid off. You know, I don't care what they say. The economy's still fucked up. <clears throat> oh, no doubt about that. I mean, shoot, this part of Cali that I live in, uh, I think I think we actually have the worst unemployment rate in the whole state. But, uh, you know, I've, I've dealt with that a few times. But, hey, at least it's a good chance to bounce back now. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, congrats, man. I'm, I'm glad, you know, shit's working out. But uh, guys, at 10 after the hour, which is about five minutes from now, we're supposed to have a caller. Uh, John Crow is going to be joining us, and he's going to be talking about uh, and promoting his independent promotion. And uh, hopefully he calls in and we can uh, find out what's going on. It's going to be in Oklahoma, Trey's neck of the woods. Uh And with that said, I believe we do have that caller on the line. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Uh, This is uh, John from Omni Wrestling. How you doing, John? I'm doing just fine. How are you tonight? Pretty good. Uh, I'm the Bronx father. I'm Tony Mirabella. I'm uh, filling in for JJ tonight, and uh, we knew you were going to be on, so we want you to promote your show and tell us what this is all about, man. We're, I know I have a friend. Uh, he is the co-host of this show, Trey, who was in Oklahoma, and I know he's uh, probably going to be real excited about hearing what you have to say, man. That's awesome. We are doing shows to help raise money for youth athletics. We live in a small town outside of Tulsa, and um, we started doing shows in 2001 when I owned Oklahoma Championship Wrestling. We did that for a few years, and uh, now we're getting back into it. We had our um, inaugural show. We crowned our junior heavyweight champion, uh, Michael Wolf, at that show. In our last show, we uh, crowned our heavyweight champion, which was the Canadian Red Devil. And uh, we're getting ready to do a show tomorrow night that will feature Lil G, who is billed as the midget world champion, and beautiful Bobby Eaton will be in signing autographs, kissing babies, and shaking hands. So uh, we're really excited. We run a um, 70s and 80s Mid-South world-class Georgia Championship Wrestling type of show. And um, all the money goes to the kids. We pay the boys, um, which is rare these days, from what I understand. <laughs> and um, we um, we we kind of have a philosophy. My brother, who uh, owns Omni Wrestling, um, he did concerts for about 15 years, and we have a policy of we walk into the building with enough money to pay for everything, and if not a single person walks through the door. Everybody gets paid and everything's taken care of. And we're just trying to bring uh, respectability back to indie wrestling. Um, we kind of rail against $5 wrestling because, you know, if you're, you're selling $5 tickets, you're probably not paying the boys real well. And we have companies in the state of Oklahoma that 
may have a ring and may have a wrestling license, but I wouldn't exactly call them professional wrestling. Um, when you train train a kid for two weeks and allow him to go in the ring and be on the show, um, you're endangering him and whoever he's in the ring with. So, um, you know, we try to do it the right way. Um, and, uh, you know, put on a good family show, good family entertainment. I don't do anything that my 11-year-old softball girls can't see. <laughs> and uh, we really enjoy, uh, you know, putting on a product that harkens back to the Mid-South days that we grew up with here in Oklahoma. Well, I mean, it's refreshing to hear you say that. I mean, and you're right. I mean, you brought up a, a great point about, you know, how independent wrestling now, if you're one of the boys... You know, it's a risk if you're you're not a former WWE guy or or a big name where you can demand to be paid up front beforehand. It's it's really a problem out there in the world of independent wrestling. Uh, I got my co-host on the line with me, L Train. Um, if you have any questions, man, uh, it's your you know your time. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, uh, I was hearing a little bit after um after uh, catching the opening of the interview talking about the whole independent scene um i actually over the past weekend got to catch a few independent shows out here in california and i gotta say with a lot of the talent that we've got out here i know just how big you know the independent scene is out here although i think it kind of gets overlooked a little considering a lot of the shows that happen back east and down in oklahoma i know out in the south if you think back to like the old wcw days i'm pretty sure that uh you know, uh, a lot back in the south and the east, it's a pretty good draw even for um, some indie shows. You probably get a good amount of fans drawn over there to come catch some action. We do. It's, um, you know, we kind of, it's kind of a double-edged sword. We run in a small town, so we've had some issues with, um, you know, if they're having high school basketball playoffs, which happened the night of our junior heavyweight tournament, um, you know, the crowd was down because the whole team went to see the basketball team play three hours away they take busloads of people and as a promoter um that's 100 percent on me i don't blame anybody else um a few years ago i told this story online earlier today that um bill watts was at one of my shows and i was yeah complaining bitching whatever you want to call it that you know that it wasn't the turnout i wanted and bill put his hand in my face and said shut up john who promoted this show and i went I, I I did, and he goes, then it's your fault. End of story. He goes, it's your responsibility to put people in the seats. You know, the wrestlers go out and, you know, do their thing. You pay them. It's your responsibility to, you know, put people in the seats. And so many of these guys think that, you know, we have Raw as a sellout in, in Tulsa here at the BOK Center on, on Monday night. Well, people, you know, so many of these independent promoters who don't know anything about the business, who haven't been in the business, think, well, they drew 18,000, I can throw up a ring and say wrestling and I'll draw 1,800 or, you know, I'll put out a, you know, a Facebook post and it'll get shared and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people will show up and it's, it's not that easy. I mean, you have to get out. We've hung up, you know, over 400 flyers. We've had newspaper. Um, I've got three radio interviews this week. Um, you know, we've been handing out handbills at, you know, different events, you know, going to different events and handing out, you know, four ups, which is our flyer, you know, scaled down to four to a page. And we have Kinko's Cut'em. 
and pass them out. And I mean, it's hard work. I mean, people think that it's just, it's, it's fun and games. And it's, you know, I always say, if you think this is a hobby, you got a strange idea of what a hobby is. Well, I mean, you know, cause we go out and work hard at it. Well, I mean, Bill, you know, you mentioned Bill Watts. I mean, he's always been known to be, he, he's a tough guy. You know, he's a fair guy. He's a genius, obviously, but he'll tell you like it is, man. So that's, you know, it's oh, yeah. great to have him on board to, to help you out at some point. Yeah. Well, it, he, he, has, he has nothing to do with our promotion. promotion. Like I said, I, I grew up in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, which is right next to Bigsby. And a little background on me. I, I know I've, I've talked to JJ about this, but General Skander Akbar was my godfather. So, you know, this was a, a thing we did um, in 2007 for uh, benefit for Ricky Morton when he was having legal trouble. And uh, Bill came out to support Ricky and, and, you know, help him get his bills paid or caught up. And uh, the show didn't draw as well as I thought it would. And, and he told me that. I haven't seen Bill in quite a while. But uh, he, um, you know, he was always, you know, he will tell you how it is. Uh, Eric Bischoff said one time that he would uh, kill a fly on your forehead with an eight-pound sledgehammer. And um, that's definitely <laughs> Mr. Watts. He, uh, he doesn't pull any punches at all. So, um, but yeah, like I said, we, um, we just want to put on the, the best product we can and bring, you know, like I said, a lot of people look at indie wrestling now and it's, you know, too many people say, oh, it's just a hobby. Well, if it's a hobby, you know, go collect coins or stamps. You know, this is a business that is dangerous. And a lot of people think, you know, say, oh, well, the outcome is predetermined. Well, you can't fake gravity. And, you know, these kids are out there, you know, trying to get shots at the WWE or trying to get shots on TNA. And they're, you know, beating their bodies up for something next to nothing. And, you know, we feel that, you know, they should be treated with respect. And like I said, a lot of promoters, it's a big money grab for them. And we don't, we don't look at it that way. We want to do clinics and, you know, draw more people in. The hard part we have in Oklahoma is that, we're a blood test state and like Texas and Kansas and Arkansas are not where there's a lot of good workers in those areas, but they don't want to pay $250 to have a HIV hep C hep B test done to come up here and work for, you know, 40 or $50. And, um, you know, I've got a guy that works for all the promotions in Oklahoma and says that I pay better than everybody. And that's not, you know, I, that's not, pinning roses on myself but i think that you know the boys you know they they paid for training they paid for gear they should at least you know be compensated for you know putting their livelihoods on the line because you know all of them had day jobs you know if you get hurt in the ring and you can't go you know run your machine or deliver your pop or you know do your accounting or whatever you know, that's money out of your pocket. So if you're going to take that risk, I think that they at least deserve the respect of being paid, you know, something. And, um, you know, and $5 isn't getting paid. I saw a little thing on Facebook the other day that said $5 is no longer considered gas money. You know, you got a guy driving three hours, um, you know, to offer him, you know, five or 10 bucks or even 20 bucks, I think is, is disrespectful and in disingenuous to be to be real honest and uh we just we want the the scene to be better than it is now 
and, you know, bringing people in like Bobby Eaton. Bobby can't wrestle anymore because of his heart condition. But, you know, you can sit next to the man and, and gain wrestling IQ points, you know, through osmosis. He, he knows more about wrestling than, you know, probably the three of us will ever know. And, you know, those, you know, someone like him coming in and, and talking to my young guys or, you know, watching their matches and going, hey, you could have done this different or you could have done that different, um, you know, is invaluable. So it helps out, you know, someone who can't work anymore because of a health condition. And then at the same time, it helps my guys. So it's a win-win for everybody. And um, we, uh, we enjoy um, paying respect to the legends of the past. Um, by, you know, bringing them in and letting them pass on their knowledge and, of course, you know, helping them, you know, keep food on their table because they have families, too. Just because he can't wrestle anymore doesn't change the fact that he's married and has kids or grandkids or whatever. Well, my so, the yes. uh, founder of this show and normally my co-host uh, just asked me uh, exactly, you know, what are the dates the times and the cities in Oklahoma these shows are going to be at. He's really interested. Okay. Well, we run one show a month at the Sperry Baseball Academy. Um, like I said, since we just started up, we're trying not to, you know, dive in the pool without making sure there's water in it first, so to speak. Right. And our, our next show is Saturday night, uh, May 11th. Doors open at 8 o'clock in Sperry, Oklahoma at the Sperry Baseball Academy, and they're on Facebook, and they have a website, um, SperryBaseballAcademy.com, and Sperry Baseball Academy on Facebook. And uh, it's $15 for ringside and $10 for uh, general admission. Uh, we have full concessions that is run by the uh, Junior Athletic Booster Club for the uh, second grade through sixth grade football and baseball and basketball teams. We let them do the concessions and they make all the money. We don't take any of their money. We even pay their 5% to the Oklahoma State Athletic Commission that has to be paid. I pull that out of, you know, company money to pay that. And then whatever's left over at the end of the day goes to um, my daughter's softball team. And we allow, you know, other teams and organizations to sell tickets and we you know give them a, a, a good portion 35 percent not you know not 10 percent not a dollar a ticket we give them you know 35 percent of every ticket they sell they get to keep to help you know pay for stuff um you know it's, it's really i don't know if you have kids or not but my daughter's 11, she plays competitive softball, and last year we spent almost $9,000 between uniforms and traveling. Um, like this year, our national championships are in Minnesota. So we've got 12 girls that have to, and families that have to pay to go to, you know, drive to Minnesota and have hotels for six nights and eat three meals a day. And... um you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough on everybody. And so we're just trying to make sure that the girls and boys that, that receive funds from our shows, you know, can, can chase their dreams. And, um, that is, uh, the basis of our company is to make wrestling better, to kill $5 wrestling and, and help some kids out. And, uh, we appreciate, um, you all, letting us have a platform to, you know, tell our story and uh, hopefully fans will, 
hear that and come out. I know that, uh, you know, JJ being from here and have, has worked in the indie scene here. I know a lot of, uh, people from Oklahoma and Arkansas listen to the show and, uh, hopefully we'll uh, come out and support the girls and see a great night of wrestling action. Well, I mean, 15 bucks. I mean, unfortunately I'm in New York city. My co-host train is in uh, California, but I'll tell you, if I was there, you know, definitely, and to know the the cause it's going to, you can't go wrong. Train, you have any uh, questions for John before we uh, let him go for the night? Oh, yeah, there was something that had come to mind. Uh, you know, you talked about wanting the boys to be able to get paid and making sure that they're, you know, you know, actually trained, you know, qualified to be competing in the ring. Um, it had come to my attention you know, with what we've seen with, say, Ring of Honor in the past with their television deal and out here, um, again, in California, this one company, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, they've had a TV deal out here locally. And about a month ago, they announced that they've actually developed a national TV deal, which will let them be seen at about uh, 40 million homes. Mike, I guess my question is, do you think that perhaps with a lot of the moves that some of the indie companies have been making as far as being televised, do you think that could kind of have a bit of a resurgence to kind of what we've seen back in the seventies and eighties with a lot of local um, indie feds kind of getting a little bit more shine and a little bit more attention on, uh, on TV and maybe kind of seeing a lot of what we saw back in the old NWA and AWA days with seeing a lot of local guys getting some attention. I do. I, I really do. That is um, something I know there's a couple out here that do this. So I, I don't think, uh, I'm reinventing the wheel, so to speak. But what we're looking at doing as far as TV is um, we work with a company here in Tulsa called Compound Pro Wrestling. And Omni Wrestling is kind of a, I don't want to say figurehead because that kind of has a negative connotation, but we're, we're, we're modeling it after the territorial days where we have somebody in, say, Oklahoma City that will do an OWA show using our champions and their local product and but then using one one TV show and then that helps promote their company in Oklahoma City but is putting Omni over as the regional presence and we work with um, uh, Gulf Coast Wrestling out of uh, Southern Louisiana uh, Mustang Mike and their guys that we've had their guys up and uh, Jason Jones, JJ owns uh, mid States wrestling over in Harrison, Arkansas. You know, we work with them and we're looking for those type of partners and, you know, we're not trying to get money out of them. Like I said, this is, this is far from a money grab, but collectively we can do more than, you know, if we're all bickering and infighting. And, you know, we bring their guys up and, and treat them fairly. And, you know, our guys go there and get treated fairly. And that can really cause a, you know, a resurgence of, you know, indie wrestling. I said the problem here is almost everybody bickers and fights. I was talking to Cody Jones, who is the son of uh, Mr. Ebony, Tom Jones, who's you know been around for many years. And the other day, and I and he was talking about coming over from Amarillo and wrestling. And you know, I said, yeah, we have this funny idea that um, you know we should be helping each other because my brother owns a uh, social media company, and 
that I don't mean he's a nerd. I mean, he actually makes a living <laughs> doing social media causes for people. Um, he gets paid pretty well to, you know, go on Facebook and, and go out there and put people's causes out. And so when Cody was on the gut check list, um, you know, he went out and did about $500 worth of work for Cody just as a, you know, just, hey, this is one of our local guys. Let's, let's put him over. Let's, let's get him in this. And um, although I don't, I don't think Cody won the bracket he was in, um, he is wrestling in Tulsa on Raw. He got a uh, tryout in Raw on Monday, and then he'll be on the show in Wichita for SmackDown. Um, so not taking any credit for Cody getting any of that because he is an outstanding worker. His father was an outstanding worker and trained his son very well. But, you know, it's always nice to think, you know, we did 1% of 1% to help him get there. You know, that, that gives me, me joy. When uh, Brent Albright, who used to wrestle for me in Oklahoma Championship Wrestling, got signed by the WWE, wrestled as Gunnar Scott. He was Chris Benoit's protege, beat Booker T in his first televised match. Um, you know, when Brent got signed, I don't, I don't mean to sound like a baby or anything, but I cried. You know, because it was like one of my kids. And, you know, to help to see these kids get to live out their dreams. I'm 43. I'm married with two kids. My dreams are over, you know. Um, but to see one of these kids that want to go and they want to make it, and, you know, you just do that little bit. You know, you bring in, you know, Bobby Eaton to do a seminar. You know, we brought in Reckless Youth when he was right out of uh, WWE Developmental to work with Brent when, you know, down here. And that just, you know, really you know, does your heart good to see these kids realize their dreams because there's so many people out there that are, you know, just blood suckers that are taking their money. You know, they'll, they'll drive 10 hours on a, you know, we'll pay 150 bucks and they drive 10 hours and get down there and they don't have a hotel that sleep in their car. And then, Oh, the show didn't do that. Well, I'm only going to be able to give you 20 bucks. I mean, that's, you see that stuff all the time. And um, it's disgraceful. I mean, it's disgracing the, the business that I love and I grew up with. And um, like I said, we're just trying to make a difference. And, you know, as the, as the recycling slogan goes, you know, think globally, act locally. And so we're starting on the local level, you know, trying to provide a safe workplace where the guys, you know, at least have enough gas money to get home and buy McDonald's and, and, you know, have enough gas to get to the next town. And so we want to do TV. Someone told me a long time ago, when you put wrestling on TV, you do one of two things. You expose a really good product to a whole bunch of people, or you expose a really bad product to a whole bunch of people. So we're trying to iron out all the kinks and, um, you know, get us a good roster of guys from, like I said, different states coming in to where, you know, every match we have, I would be proud to put on TV. I don't have to go, oh, you know, we might not be able to use that one. You know, I want every, you know, every match isn't going to be five-star, but you, at least if you put it on TV, you don't want to be embarrassed that you put it on TV. And so that is our goal is to get a company, one company, maybe two in Texas since they're so large, in each state to, you know, work with us, you know, talent trade, that sort of thing, to uh, make their shows better, 
make our shows, you know, spectacular because we're taking, you know, two or three of their guys. And I don't mean stealing them. I just mean, you know, using them and, you know, putting on just spectacular shows. And, uh, at that point, then we can start doing TV. And if, you know, I got a promotion in Harrison, I got a promotion in Oklahoma city, I got a promotion in Tulsa and I send out the same TV show to each one of those cities and then they air it and they make the money off of the um, revenues sales for the commercials, then they make money and then they have a TV show so they can advertise their product where none of these companies right now have a TV show. So, you know, that puts them, you know, puts their company on better footing. And that is the, uh, that's the two year plan right there. And then we'll, uh, hopefully just keep growing from there and, uh, make a difference. Well, I mean, it sounds like you have a great head on your shoulders. You sound sincere. It's good to hear somebody who's trying to get, you know, not just one promotion going, but to get the entire indie scene, you know, lit up and maybe get a resurgence and have the boys trust, you know, a promoter and have the boys not be afraid that, like you said, how am I going to get home tonight? What am I going to eat for dinner? Uh, I find that disgusting. I find it appalling. You know, these guys really, they need somebody like you to have some trust in and and know that they can get their foot in the door um john you have a website uh where people can go or uh how they can contact you buying tickets all that uh, let us get the the skinny because i know there's a lot of people who are going to be interested in this it's um omni wrestling on facebook um we're having like i said we didn't want to you know spend all of our money up front so we we went with the facebook model right now and um, this summer because the place we run in does not have air conditioning um, we will not be able to run regular shows in June, July and August we're trying to get some spot shows in some air conditioned places but um, we will have so this summer we're working on getting our, our full you know dot com up but they can go to Omni Wrestling on Facebook and um, if they're listening to this on a podcast and can go back and listen to it again if they don't have a pen or if they want to grab a pen and piece of paper. My name's John. I book and I promote. Um, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and they can reach me at 918-902-1810, and they can um, call me and get tickets. We have several ticket outlets in Tulsa, uh, Brookside by Day 2, which is a restaurant in Tulsa at if they're listening in Tulsa, it's at 81st and Harvard and uh, at the Baseball Academy. And uh, we work each month trying to get more sponsors and more ticket outlets. But they, those are two places they can definitely get tickets or they can call me. And if they're within a reasonable distance, I will bring them tickets. Um, like I said, it's it's not easy work. But if you want to make it, you know, you've got to go out and beat the streets and and do what you have to do to put the people in the seats, and that's what we do. Well, what I'll do is when the archive of this show goes up tomorrow, I will make sure that in the write-up to the archive, your phone number and your Facebook page are uh, written down for everyone to see. So anyone who downloads this archive uh, will have that information available to them immediately. And uh, I have, and I know I speak for, for JJ when I say I have no problem uh, supporting you. I think what you're doing is great. 
And I'm proud of you for stepping up and, and helping out some of these young kids in the business, helping out with charity. And, you know, if, if we can do anything else for you, contact JJ. Obviously, he, he will be more than happy, I'm sure, to help you out, man. I appreciate it. And I, as soon as uh, I get back with JJ and he's over being ill, I've got uh, DVDs to send to you guys. So when uh, he gives... Um, gives me his address i will uh send him dvds for both of you guys also and i'll let him disseminate those out to you oh now you're offering free merchandise now that's how to get your name out there because we wrestling fans (laughs) we love free merch man and we have a we have a graphic designer that designs logos for minor league sports teams all over the country and he actually designed um, our logo for our tees. So uh, uh, if JGL hurry and get me that address before those t-shirts sell out, we might uh, be able to send some of those out to you guys, so you can uh, you can rep our product. Well, now we're going to end up costing you a lot of money because if you want to send a t-shirt to me, you're talking like five X. So I will we pass. My my my, bro- my brother wears a five X, so we have to. Uh, we have to get them in that size. So, uh, you know, we're big corn-fed country boys down here, so we, uh, we, we buy the big boy sizes. So uh, we, are, we already have them in stock. I don't have to do anything special. Wow. All right, man. Well, you, you hooked me in. I'm a fan already, man. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Well, like I said, JJ, have JJ send me that address on Facebook, and we'll get uh, those mailed out in the next week or so. All right. Thanks very much, man. It was great Thank having you. Thank you very much for having us on. Take care, man. Good talking to you, sir. Wow, what a, man, that's awesome, great, you know, uh, I thought it was a, a good interview, a good promotion, and any of you out there in the area, you know, support this guy, he, he, I, I'm usually good at picking up on people and, and judging people by talking to them, and John sounds like a straight up guy, he sounds like he really does care about the business, and I think the indies need, you know, need more guys like him. Yeah, I'd say so, man. I mean, I mean, you kind of think about how everybody's talked about, you know, look at the guys in WWE. A lot of them, you know, they were they were guys who were made in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor created a lot of the stars of of today. Well, I mean, you think about it. If you get a lot more guys like John all around the country, and you get a lot more guys who may be interested in wanting to become pro wrestlers, who knows? It could be through that that you never know. You could find the next future wrestling star of tomorrow. You know, it almost makes me wonder sometimes, does WWE, you know, do they send out maybe scouts, you know, just some kid in a fucking T-shirt and jeans who who's, you know, a scout like the professional teams do. And they see a guy and say, hey, you know, this guy's not bad. You know, I don't know how that system works in, in WWE, obviously, but I mean, shit, you know, it, it is a it's a door opener. It's the only way to get your foot in the door in wrestling. You know, and you have to start from the bottom. I, I checked out the Mick Foley DVD over the weekend. We're going to get into that a little bit later after the Raw recap. But, you know, he started, you know, with eating peanut butter out of the back of his fucking car. You know, peanut butter and jelly working for $25 a show. Unfortunately, in the wrestling biz, that's how you start. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I'm, you, I'm, de- you're definitely preaching to the choir with that. Trust me, I know where you're coming from. That, 
At least I'm pretty sure I will eventually. <laughs> yeah, Trey's shitting all over me in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I wish I could see what's going on in there. <laughs> well, I mean, I got some heat from Trey. I mean, he's, I don't know, poor Trey, man. His, his Chromebook just hasn't been behaving. I mean, he's... You know, like I said, man, it's just been crazy with, with the stuff that's been going on. JJ been so busy and, you know, it, it's good that you're here. You know, I appreciate you being here, but what do you say, man? Let's, I'm going to try to speed this up. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, right. Uh, let's get into the, it's two days old. Let's dust it off. Let's get the mold off it, sweep it clean. And, uh, what do you say we jump into the raw recap, man? Sounds good. It's time for your WNL Monday Night Raw Recap with Don Brooks, the Brooks Father. All right, everybody. Raw starts out with John Cena. Who knew? Comes to the ring. You know what? This was like so lame. I'm not even going to go over it. You know, making fun of Daniel Bryan, blah, blah, blah. It was goofy Cena. I'm just not in the mood to read the whole thing. It was just kind of, ugh, again, goofy Cena. In any event, Ryback via Vicky Guerrero ends up picking the stipulation for their match at Extreme Rules. And it will be a last man standing match. And I got some thoughts on this, but Train, what do you think? Well, first of all, I was a little curious about where it was that uh, John Cena was talking about Daniel Bryan, because I I didn't recall Daniel Bryan being out there at all, Bronxy. No, he wasn't. And, and, you know, it was a goofy Cena promo. See, here's here's my problem, and I, I might shock a lot of people with this. The last man standing match is dead to me, and I'm going to tell you why. When fucking... You know, Cena duct tape Batista to the goddamn ring. And the ref is standing there counting. Batista's like, I can't get up. Well, well yeah, you dumb fuck. The, he can't get up. He's fucking duct tape. That kind of killed it for me. Then we had the whole ADR match where he... Who the fuck did he tie to the ring? The big show. The big show. For me, this match is dead. It's a smoking husk and it's shit. Just from those two matches. And here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that they don't want Ryback to get a straight loss on not answering a 10 count. But I also don't think they're going to put the title on him. So I'm smelling the rancid stench of fucking shenanigans in this match. Where Cena's going to do something like handcuff Ryback's leg or some shit like that. Ryback ends ends up losing over some bullshit. Now, if I'm proven wrong, I'll be the first guy to say I'm sorry. But that's what I see happening. You know, I I must be a pretty unique guy because when that whole thing with Batista and Cena happened, I must have been one of the only people on Earth who actually liked that scenario. I I see where everybody's coming from about you know it's it's a it's a cheap you know stunt or something. But in all honesty, when I first saw it, I thought it was unique as hell. And for me to ever say that about a John Cena match in this day and age, in all honesty, I'm sure that's shocking. But I actually thought it was pretty clever. I mean, it was just the fact that, you know, 
nowhere does it say in those matches you've got to knock the guy unconscious so he can't get a 10 count. He just can't get to his feet. In all honesty, I thought it was pretty unique. Now, with the fact that we saw it earlier this year with repeated with Del Rio and Big Show, yeah, I thought maybe it was a little bit too recent. And plus, no matter no matter how strong you wrap somebody, if you got the Big Show duct taped, I'm pretty sure he's still going to be able to break out of it. But, you know, it's like you said, maybe it'll be handcuffs or who knows, maybe Cena will try to break out the duct tape again. But for anybody who's listening right now, you might want to pay attention to uh, running the ropes tomorrow because I'm pretty sure Maverick and Krelly are going to have duct tape on for an interview talking about this upcoming match. (laughs) You know, what I would love to see, and you can make Cena look like a million bucks, give him some time off and give Ryback quick fantasy book. And what I do is... Cena's ankle is bothering him through the whole match. And finally, after he and Ryback beat the shit out of each other, Ryback gets Cena's ankle in a steel chair, drops a leg on it or something. The ref is counting. Cena keeps trying to get back to his feet. We're up to six, and the ankle gives out. We're up to eight, and Cena's almost on his feet, but the ankle gives out. And then at the end... Ryback gets the 10, he does win the title, Cena has to be out for a bit, and you let Ryback run roughshod through every fucking challenger, and maybe the pay-per-view before SummerSlam, you bring Cena back, he'll get a huge pop, because Ryback's been kicking everyone's ass with that title in hand, that's how I would do it, but that's me. It's an interesting scenario, I do like that. Although I did kind of think of one myself. You recall during that whole opening promo yesterday, Cena made the joke about the stipulation could possibly be uh, Vicky Guerrero's granny panties on a pole match. Maybe he'll just tie <laughs> Ryback to the ring pole with uh, Vicky's panties. No. That no one I like when Cena said no one deserves that. No, that ain't that ain't fucking happening. But I don't want Vicky's panties involved in Raw or pay per views in any way. Oh, uh, Bronx don't lie, you compete in that match. Fuck you, man. You know, I can hang up on you. You realize that, right? Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. I may be from California, but I'm not Farley, man. Come on. Oh, <laughs> bum Nice. Uh, for the <laughs> first time, we get the first of about 50 repeats. They talk about how Brock and Heyman invaded WWE headquarters and got into Triple H's office. Uh, that'll be repeated at least 50 times during fucking Raw. We have Randy Orton versus Damian Sandow. (laughs) Sandow comes out and he sings Randy Orton's song with different lyrics. Uh, Orton goes over with the RKO, but then on the ramp, Orton gets knocked the fuck out by the big show. So I I don't know if I like adding a humorous side to Sandow, man. Yeah, it, it was 50-50 for me. I thought the dig was kind of funny because I was wondering if Curly paid off Sandow to throw those lyrics in. But I definitely get what you're saying. I mean, at first, it, I, it kind of took me a little bit to realize he was singing Orton's song. I was just trying to think if there was like some song on the radio he was singing about. And then it dawned on me, oh, shit, that's Orton's theme. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't dig that. It kind of reminds me of the whole yodeling thing they were trying with Cesaro. Ugh. It just it doesn't it doesn't fit his it doesn't fit Sandow's character. He's supposed to be this you know philosophical you know enlightened genius, and you've got him you know, you've got him singing. I mean, if you had him singing like you know classical music, I could see, but you know not not a not a not an entrance theme. Yeah, you know I, I just I, I don't want them to make his character stupid. 
I, I just think it's, you know, it, it's something you don't need to do. You know, I like this guy. I like Sandow. I think he's got a good future. And, you know, if it was a one-night thing, okay. It did get over with a few people. I'll, I'll you know, I will admit that. I was hearing some cheers going on, so you're right about that. You know, Jer- again, another segment that, you know, we're running a little late. We're just going to, you know, Jericho comes out. He makes fun of Fandango's name. And, you know, Fandango makes fun of him for, you know, losing on Dancing with the Stars. R-Truth comes out to face Fandango. And tons of funk is judging the match. Fandango just gets disgusted. He walks off. And R-Truth wins by countout. And that's about it. I, I like that they're continuing Fandango and Jericho. Um, I'm, you know... I think Jericho putting over Fandango maybe one more time and that's it. You know, separate these guys a little bit and try to make Fandango go off and do something else. But I, you know, I like the chemistry between the two. But again, something just a little silly, man. Yeah, for me, the biggest fail was the fact that they had tons of funk out there as the judges and not the Funkadactyls. I mean, I could have just watched the camera and watched just watch Naomi all night. That would have been the main thing for me. Yeah, no, without a doubt, I got to agree with you, you know, and just, I don't know, this Raw started to be a little bit too, you know, segment heavy, but we see Ryback beating Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, and then Bryan gets attacked by the Shield, and Bryan says, the Shield talks about justice, yet they're always attacking motherfuckers three on one, and he challenges Ryback, and Ryback says no, you're still hurt, and you're half the man I am. And Kane's like, what about me, bitch? And Ryback, you know, he says, I'm the only monster in the WWE. So we got Ryback versus Kane coming up a little later. I like that Kane came to the you know defense of his tag team partner. I like that they're making them closer and friendlier just to lead to the, you know, the eventual breakup. Yeah, I see what you mean there. I mean, I, I you kind of get the sense that Kane was probably going to come and help out, but I definitely like that he kind of got up in Ryback's face, and you know, it, it kind of it had a good setting to it. You know, defending his uh, defending his boy, and also you know, you know, put, trying to put Ryback in his place. Yeah, you know, but I mean, it, it's now they're at a point where they're not fighting at all. They're buddy buddy, almost like the old rock and sock connection. And you can just smell that the breakup is coming. Because nowadays, when tag teams get too friendly, that's never a good thing. Yeah, I think a split's coming. Uh, it's, uh, it's impending. Absolutely. I agree. We have Alberto Del Rio versus Dolph Ziggler. And Zeb Coulter and Jack Swagger basically interrupt the match. They come out, and Swagger gets in Big E's face. Coulter's on commentary during this. Coulter says he's going to slap the taste out of Big E's mouth. Yeah, okay. And, you know, it's like, oh, he wouldn't do this to Jack Swagger. He wouldn't do this to Jack. Shut the fuck up. Del Rio with a sick move off the top rope. But Big E pulls Alberto Del Rio out of the ring, gets caught. We have a disqualification. And Jack Swagger goes fucking ape shit nuts. He spears Rodriguez against the barricade with the ladder. And he attacks both Dolph Ziggler and Alberto Del Rio with the ladder. And I'm telling you right now, those ladder shots, to me, looked stiff as shit. Yeah, I went back. I had to go back and replay. Not just that. I think even when he threw uh, 
Langston into the into the pole. I'm not sure how much Langston caught that because it's like he went full force into the ring pole. And then I, I love this the fact that Ricardo's trying to defend Del Rio and then he gets tossed off of Swagger's back and then Swagger uses the ladder and kind of like pins he rushes him and pins him against the barricade and it was sort of like a battering ram technique and then like you said pretty much swinging the ladder around and cracking both Ziggler and Del Rio um yeah they definitely sounded like some legit shots and uh I'm not sure if you've seen any reports about what's what happened at Smackdown tonight but it sounds like uh Swagger's um stiff moves in the ring they haven't exactly halted I'm not sure if you heard about what happened during a match tonight no, I usually don't get to read spoilers, but, you know, we'll have to check out SmackDown. I, I don't know. Then I, I heard something else that Swagger might add a little heat for being so so stiff. I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, to me, it looked like he was really swinging that ladder around without too much fucking regard for anyone or anything. Well, hopefully, hopefully it wasn't as stiff as it looked. Maybe it was just that, you know, they, they, they wanted, well, I mean, when it comes to Ziggler, you know he's going to sell everything like a million bucks. And hopefully hopefully nobody was banged up too bad. I thought it just made Swagger look like a beast when everything happened, when everything was said and done. I mean, I think everybody is expecting that he's probably not going to be one of the guys to win the world title. But after tonight, or after, la- after uh, Monday night, excuse me, you kind of get the sense that, you know, Maybe he was being overlooked by Del Rio and Ziggler, and now he came across as a real threat on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, well, I- I'm looking forward to this pay-per-view, man. It's just I think it's going to be a great, great pay-per-view. Uh, I always like Extreme Rules. Kind of reminds me of ECW. Maybe not quite as hardcore, but I enjoy these pay-per-views. Caitlin's Secret Admirer. All the girls are talking, and Natalia sends Great Kali undercover into the locker room to find their admirer. Do we really need to elaborate on this bullshit? Nope, skip. Shield versus the Usos, yes, the Usos, and Kofi Kingston. And the Shield gets the win. Ambrose pins Kofi with a sick finisher uh, again. WWE's loving the shield, man, and so am I. They're just running roughshod through every motherfucker. And I know a lot of people are saying we need one-on-one matches. Well, I can live with it for a little longer. They're they're really impressing me, man. I believe in the shield. Well, you know, people are saying one-on-one. Technically, you know, we saw Undertaker and Ambrose, and we saw um, Ambrose lose to Taker. So technically, they're not undefeated one-on-one there, but the whole thing is that the shield is a group. They're a faction. They're a team. That's what they're dominating at. And that's why everybody's expecting that, you know, eventually they're going to be fighting team hell no at uh, some point in the future. And you know, that that's going to be the main thing. I would love to see that when they get those tag belts, that is like, they are the defining factor in the tag team division. And hopefully that can be the start of the tag team division being built up somehow. Um, I forget. I don't know who it was, but I did see this online. One thing that, um, somebody mentioned that I think would have been pretty cool is the fact that you had the Usos and Roman Reigns in the same match. I thought, and somebody pointed this out, and I think it would have been an, actually a cool angle if they brought up the fact that, you know, the Usos and Roman Reigns are, you know, they're related in the fact that he's siding more with the shield than he is with his own flesh and blood. Right. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's so much, there's so many things, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to be able to do in the future with these guys. And it's like, especially Ambrose. I mean, Ambrose is, is just sick in the ring, sick on the mic. This fucking kid has everything. He's the total package. And, you know, Rollins and Reigns, they're pretty, I like all of these guys, but I mean, Ambrose is the man. He's, he's fucking just unbelievable to me. I think all three of them individually, they ha they are very talented. And the fact that even together as a team, they pull that together really well, that I think is kind of unique. Like you said, you have Rollins. He's like, he's very, he's very active in the ring. He can really move about and do just about everything. You obviously we got Reigns as the power guy of the group and, you know, he's very formidable. And like you said, Ambrose, he is, he is almost like the, the complete package of this group and they all mesh well together. That's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're a well-oiled machine and you have to believe that they can get the job done. Uh, Antonio Cesaro versus Zack Ryder. I mean, do we even need to go on? You know what happens here. They did show, I believe it was on SmackDown. And I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I laughed my ass off when Antonio pulls out one of Kofi's dreadlocks and, and fucking Kofi's selling it like he got run over by a truck. Cesaro gets the win on Raw against Ryder, obviously. Cuts a promo and says, is this all the competition you have for me? And he put the W in WWE. No one in the company can hold a candle to him. Really? <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, from what I saw, that um, that incident that you're talking about, uh, that I believe was their uh, United States Championship rematch on main event last week. And then, like you said, after the match, uh, I believe what? After he after Kingston got jumped from behind in the back, Cesaro, I think, got his face on the ground and said, you took something from me. I'm going to take something for you. And like you said, he ripped out one of his dreads. I thought that was pretty. That was like some little, you know, badass shit right there. He freaking just yanked hair right out of right right out of his scalp. And I dug I dug the promo and like the kind of the change up in attire that Cesaro had on Monday. And I'm hoping that finally they're going to, you know, they're going to pull the trigger and start and start building Cesaro up more. I know tonight on uh, main event, it was going to be him versus Orton. I don't know the results of that. I, I would love to think that Cesaro went over, but I'm not, I, I would kind of doubt it, but if this is the start of them finally building Cesaro up, I'm all for it. Especially if it means the yodeling done. Yeah. We need to get rid of the fucking yodeling. And I'm glad that it looks like they're phasing that out. Yeah. Uh, this segment, yeah, this segment, man. All right, Heyman and Brock waltz into WWE headquarters. No security, nobody stops them. They get to Triple H's office. Triple H's office is filled with fucking props. They uh, Brock destroys Triple H's office, his laptop, his desk. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a sledgehammer in there. He uses that. He destroys everything in that fucking office, and. You know, I don't know. It, it just, they pimped it out all night. I was like, eh. But we go back live and Triple H's music hits and he comes to the ring. And he says, you want to go extreme? I created DX. I tore through the Attitude Era. You know, Heyman, I knocked your boy Brock out fucking cold at WrestleMania. And you were just in my office because you knew I wasn't there. 
And Triple H, I love this. He says, I have two offices. You might have destroyed one, but this ring is my other office where I grew up and I became a man. Something Brock never became. You know, Brock, be a man. Say what you got to say to my face. And in this office, meaning the ring, we fight back. The only thing that really was cool about that segment was Triple H's promo. Well, I think the promo was good. I when he said that whole thing about, you know, I'm I you know about extreme because I made DX that I was like, eh, yeah, let's not get too far trips. But uh one revelation that I think everybody is shocked at that you pointed out, Bronx, apparently the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, the office he works at is actually nicer than Triple H's. Yeah, it is. And I love Trey in the chat. He says, fuck Brock, I could have used that computer. Dude, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I've worked with laptops for years, and I don't care how strong Brock is. When he broke the screen off the keyboard, yeah, a little girl can do that. But when he bent the keyboard the other way and broke it, I was like, prop. <laughs> I mean... We to believe the COO of the company, that's his fucking office. I didn't even see a window. I mean, shit. <laughs> My office is nicer than that. I mean, but, you know, the thing that killed me about this whole segment was, you know, maybe this Saturday, man, I'll, I'll hop on the train. I'm about two hours away. I'll ride up to Stanford. I'll walk into WWE headquarters and say, well, I'm going to Vince's office. I got an email that says everything's okay. And when I'm being tased on the ground, beaten up, and the cops <laughs> dragging me out in handcuffs, I'm going to yell, Attica, Brock Lesnar did it. Why can't I? <laughs> oh, God. Do uh, you have somebody videotape you doing it also? Oh, yeah. I'll bring my uncle and my brother, and they can come up and videotape the whole shit. I'll see if I make it as far as the front door. You know, why don't you just go the extra mile? Go to Microsoft's headquarters and just beat the shit out of one of their offices for how they fucked up Skype. Yeah, we can try that, too. I mean, I just, you know, the, the whole realism behind that. You know, I've said it before. I, I'm not shitting all over the segment, but suspension of disbelief is one thing. Don't insult my fucking intelligence. I mean, come on. I mean, it, it was that easy to get into that place. Really? Please. Yeah, and also I think, you know, they showed it so much and I'm not sure the payoff was really there. I mean, okay, you know, Brock went you know, he went ape shit nuts on a on an office on you know, on what was supposed to be Triple H's office. I mean I get the message behind it, but I just don't think the execution was done all that well. Yeah, Brock smash, I mean please. Well, the Bella Twins and AJ Lee versus Caitlin and the Funkadactyls. Caitlin wins it with a spear, moving on. We have Mark Henry come out, and Henry says, you know, Seamus, you could come out and act tough and do your Celtic pose. And we see clips of Henry attacking Seamus. If Seamus has any pride, he'll face me at Extreme Rules. And it's been a long time since I've gotten Extreme. Decent promo by uh, Mark Henry. Seamus comes out, and then they show clips of him getting over on Mark with the tug of war arm wrestling and Henry says Seamus isn't serious about anything but Seamus is like fellow when the bell rings I can fucking get it done 
So before Sheamus and Mark Henry can go at it, Wade Barrett comes out and he has a scheduled match with Sheamus with Mark Henry on commentary briefly shitting all over, you know, Michael Cole telling him to shut the fuck up. Um, Sheamus takes out Mark Henry when he tries to interfere near ringside. Sheamus gets the win, but Mark Henry takes a belt from one of the trainers at ringside, and I'm telling you guys, he whips the shit out of Sheamus with that belt. And the worst part is he's talking shit while he's beating his ass. And this reminded me of something Trey might say. During this whole thing, when he's just, I mean, fucking Sheamus up, he goes, boy, I'm going to beat you like you stole something. And then, of course, he gives Sheamus the... uh World's Strongest Slam on the outside. Man, I, I mean, I'll tell you right now, and, and I'm, I've never been in the ring, I've never taken a bump, but boy, I'd much rather get hit in the back with a steel chair than get my ass whipped with a leather strap the way fucking Henry whipped Sheamus's monkey ass. It was brutal. I'm going to tell you this right now. When I saw all that going on, I was so thankful Mark Henry was not my dad. Could you imagine if he was your parent and he caught you stealing something and he freaking started whipping your ass with that belt? You wouldn't be able to sit for a year. You know, they had a picture that a lot of the, the listeners posted on Facebook of oh, the, yeah. the welts on Seamus's back. I, I'm, I'm almost thinking they're Photoshop because it was really a bright, bright pink where you could see he got his, you know, really got his ass whipped. But then again, maybe not because welts do get worse as time goes on. But kudos to Sheamus, man. How he got out of bed the next day, I don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, I went back to check just to see, you know, compare the picture and the shit beforehand. There, on like the left side of his body, you can see kind of a loop shape. And if you if you see after Mark Henry's going up the ramp and they show a shot of Sheamus's back while he's still on the ground, he has that same thing. So. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they kind of, you know, added on a little bit of something to some to some of the wealth. But there was a good portion of those that like those were legit. I mean, shit, if you see the picture on Facebook, you're thinking, you know, you don't know if those are if those are belt marks or if someone was just slapping pieces of bacon on Seamus's back. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty brutal shit, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing it's I'm hoping it's going to be a strap match at Extreme Rules. I mean, that's all you can do after this. I mean, Sheamus has to get his revenge, man. He has to. Right. But they sold me on, the, you know, at first I was like Sheamus versus, you know, Henry at Extreme Rules. Eh. But they did a good job Monday night of, of selling me on that match because now Sheamus really needs to get some revenge. But in our main event, we have Ryback versus Kane. And Ryback goes over. He gets the shell shock on Kane and wins, which was impressive as shit. But the shield comes out, Daniel Bryan comes out, Cena comes out as Ryback gets the fuck out of town. And while Daniel Bryan takes a bump to the outside, Cena's trying to fight off the shield, Ryback comes back with a steel chair as Daniel Bryan takes out some of the shield. But Ryback ends up smoking John Cena with the steel chair. And that, to me, really solidifies him as a full heel. 
When you smoke the number one baby face in the company with a fucking chair, you're heel, baby. So, I mean, that's how we end Monday Night Raw. It, you know, it's weird that a lot of times the go-home show to the go-home show is better than the go-home show. Say that three times fast. It'll be interesting to see what they do next week. Yeah, I mean, you know... It was, it was weird. I'm not sure if I was feeling a whole lot of what happened on Raw. I mean, it wasn't like there were any, you know, you know, bad matches. I mean, you know, it was normal. I think we kind of gloss over the Divas match. But I think they were setting up a lot of good stuff storyline-wise for some of the matches that are going on. Some potential stuff that you're going to be seeing happening. Yeah. You know, it, it was like, you know, if the pay-per-view would have been this Sunday, they didn't do a bad job building up to it. Uh, they got me interested Raw, all in all, um, it was the the crowd was shit. I got to say that I wasn't very impressed with the crowd. I think that New Jersey crowd spoiled us. But all in all, if I had to give it a letter grade, I'll give Raw a solid B. I don't think it deserves a B plus. I don't think it it was bad enough to deserve a B minus. But I give it a solid B. It wasn't a terrible show, but the the whole Brock Lesnar in the office thing that was just too fucking overdone. Yeah, see, I, like I said, it just didn't really seem that memorable to me. As far as grades go, I'm going to have to go with C+. I, like, I, like I said, it wasn't like there was a lot of bad matches, and I like the fact that they built up to some storylines. But like you said, it was rather segment-heavy, and I don't know, ho- hopefully with the fact that next week is uh, the go-home show, I believe, I'm hoping they might be able to step up some more stuff, maybe in-ring-wise and... Maybe we get to hear about some other matches going on. I mean, I think we've got like maybe four, perhaps five set up already. But uh, hopefully we get to hear about some more and, uh, I don't know, get some get some good matches going on also. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, you and I are a little off. That's fine. I mean, you know, there's no problem. The hosts on this show have never agreed on everything, and that's fine. But, you know, I, I understand your points. Let's see what the go-home show does. But, Train, we are way overdue for a commercial break, man. Well, hey, let's get to it then. All right, guys. It's myself, the Bronx father, L Train, special edition of Wrestling News Live. We'll be right back where we'll break down some news of the week right here. WNL on the SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, DPP, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening to JJ and Trey Wrestling News Live on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel bad. Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, 
It's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling-online.com. Hey everybody, the Bronx Father here. Are you an Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a place where you can talk about TNA Wrestling and give your opinion on the product? Then you have to tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night at 10.30 Eastern, 8.30 Mountain, where I break down this week's episode of Impact Wrestling, talk some TNA news, and of course take your phone calls and emails over at TNA Chat Live at SNSRadioNetwork.com. So join us every Thursday and cross the line right here on the SNS Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Wrestling Radio Tips on how to host your very own wrestling radio show. Wrestling Radio Tip 101, take listener phone calls. Here's how it works. You set up a phone line, and when a listener calls in, you answer just like this. All right, let's let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? What? Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Okay. <laughs> I I don't really follow Hulk Hogan because I, I just kind of find him up to be a, a washed up douchebag. The skeet 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 skeet. It's 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 been booming in the warehouse with with Sincata just starting in WWE. The t-shirts and the mask have been up in the sky. Of, you know, so your tennis shoes are in the side. I told Julio to hold up on him. All they have to wait for the shoelaces to come in in the bottom sole. What? 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 Ah, Okay. Well, what you gonna do, brother? Well, I just take off my shirt. Yeah. Say my prayers. Eat my vitamins. Yeah. Say no to the holy God. And I'm gonna go after you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. What you gonna do when the two-inch pythons run wild on you? <laughs> Bye, little. Hey, this is Dominic Pepe John Morrison, and when I'm in the Palace of Wisdom, I listen to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. All right, everybody, back with Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Myself, the Bronx Father, and joining me as my special guest co-host once again 
L Train. L Train, what's going on, man? Not much. I just got the uh, TV flipped on right now and actually watching WWE main event right now. And the match that I brought up uh, a few minutes ago, actually, Antonio Cesaro versus Randy Orton is actually currently going on. Cool. Uh, I'll be sure to uh, give some little uh, results once this match concludes, see who is victorious in this. Yeah, definitely. Should be a good match, man. Let us transition. A lot of news. One news story I read that's got me kind of bummed out, man. So let's break it down. Sponsored, of course, by Wrestling-Online.com. Make sure you go to their site. Sign up for their massive newsletter. Thousands of listeners, uh, thousands of email recipients, listeners. See, this is what happens. This is what happens when you put me in charge of shit. You get it several times a week. Uh, if there's big news, shit, you may get it every day. So check out wrestling-online.com. Let's break it down. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And now the news. All right. WWE.com is reporting that world heavyweight champion Dolph Ziggler suffered a concussion during last night's SmackDown tapings when he interfered in a match involving Biggie Langston. Langston and Swagger said that he was having some memory difficulties. They're going to be doing a nor I'm going to butcher this, neuropsychological test and keep him monitored. Dr. Sampson said that he was immediately pulled out of action to avoid further medical problems. Those who suffer a concussion have to undergo a series of tests to determine when they can get back in the ring. Now, Ziggs is supposed to be involved in a triple threat ladder match for the world title at Extreme Rules against Del Rio and Swagger. However, this injury will certainly shake things up a bit. I mean, man, this is this is big. And this is actually what I was alluding to in the first part of the show, that whole concussion thing with Ziggler and I, I realize I flubbed it up a bit by saying on ton, on tonight's uh, taping, but, uh, eh, you know, what can I say? I guess I'm just in that mindset of uh, Tuesday WNL. But, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that is not good for the E. Yeah, I hope he can make the pay-per-view. But, I mean, all sports at this point in time are, are really, really big on making sure that, you know, guys are okay before they get back into it. You know, man, just when this guy is really getting going, it it, it sucks. I, I hope he's able to make it for the pay-per-view because it's going to be a big pay-per-view for him. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, using like like you said, Ziggler is becoming one of their one of their star guys now and is one of their main champions. So, you know, that that sucks all around. And hopefully he'll be hopefully he'll be OK overall. But hopefully he'll also be able to compete uh, at the match extreme rules. Yeah, we'll have to see, man. We'll, you know, we'll keep up to date on that, and definitely, keep, I know everyone's going to be checking the interwebs and seeing how this goes. Variety is reporting that WWE opted not to be a part of YouTube's subscription-based model. 
keeping the popular WWE Fan Nation channel on the Google-owned website free of charge. The story says that YouTube tried to lure WWE into signing as a pay channel. However, WWE is happy doing money with advertising running throughout their thousands of videos and representatives from both YouTube and WWE declined to comment on the Variety story. The last time YouTube threw in a, threw in a big party, WWE was one of the first to sign up, being named as original content partner for the popular video sharing website. A couple of weeks ago, WWE signed a new content deal with Yahoo that will bring several shows, including a 30-minute Raw pre-show, every week to their additional digital home. Kudos to WWE. Kudos to them for keeping this free. I mean, this company has enough money. I mean, come on. I'm glad they made this decision. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a smart one on their part also because, I mean, if you make everything that they've got coming to YouTube pay, you've also got to think about the fact that they're still shopping around the WWE Network. You want to have two major things going on right now that are subscription-based for them? Get your free stuff set up for YouTube and then also have this whole side thing with the network going on that people will pay for and that, you know, there's there's exclusive stuff on both on both sides. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, at first I was ready to shit all over them. I was like, come on, really? You're going to start charging people? But it looks like this is a voluntary thing. I mean, if YouTube thinks everyone's going to, you know, pay to see their shit, they're just crazy. But check this out, man. Sinkara will be returning to the ring next week, according to a tweet by the man behind the mask. Finally, I was given the all clear to go back to wrestling. Next week, my comeback to the WWE ring, Sinkara wrote. He's been out since mid-March after he suffered a concussion and was kept off television because of his injury. The former Mystico had a rough journey into the WWE ever since he was signed and announced at a press conference in Mexico City in February 2011 that, you know, it's been difficult for him. His WWE career has been hit with several injuries as well as a wellness program violation. So, yep, Sinbach is coming back. So for everybody who was missing the mood lighting, you can put your fears to rest. You'll be seeing it very soon. No, I can't wait. I don't know, man. I think the mood lighting needs to go. But I wish the guy luck. You know, hopefully he can he can come back and, and get something going. Monday Night Raw this week pulled in less than 4 million viewers in total, getting an average of 3,917,000 viewers over three hours for a 2.9 rating. That's down, wow, 368,000 viewers from last week. Hour 1 drew 3,970,000, followed by 3,870,000 in Hour 2, and then down to 3 million 910,000 in hour three. This has been the lowest number since the December 31st edition of the show. And ratings, of course, are compiled by Nielsen Media Research and put online by pwindsor.com. It seems like they, they really are having some trouble trying to keep the uh, the ratings up. They, it, always, it always seems to be a fluctuating thing with them. You know, it, it, it kind of seems like it's... It, I, you brought it up earlier. It kind of seems like it's gone down a bit ever since that whole uh, post WrestleMania Raw. Yeah, but I mean, it's like I don't think the damn Brock Lesnar segment helped either. You know. Oh so, yeah, you're you're probably right about that. 
I don't know, man. We're not even in football season, so we'll we'll have to see. Uh, this story, I don't know how to feel about. WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler will be wrestling for the first time since his heart attack when he teams up with fellow Hall of Famer Dory Funk Jr. on Saturday, May 25th as part of the Bang TV show in Florida. The King suffered a heart attack on the September 10th, 2012 live edition of Monday Night Raw while doing commentary. The 63-year-old Lawler was saved by the ringside WWE doctor who performed CPR and other life-saving measures on him. He had to be shocked several times backstage before he was back to life. Jim Ross, Lawler's longtime broadcast partner, said that he is getting back in the ring because he loves professional wrestling and not because he needs the cash. Ross admitted he didn't speak to Lawler about this decision and said that his cardiologist must have signed off on him getting back in the ring. I don't know, man. I just, I worry about him. Maybe it's because I, you know, we're, we're all Lawler fans here and I worry about him. But if, if he thinks he can do it and his doctor says that he can do it, who the hell am I? You know, when I first saw this story, I mean, it, it's it's like you said. I mean, Lawler, he loves wrestling. He's, you know, I, I know he loves the commentary thing, but he just has to be one of those guys who loves competing, even at like, what I, th- I think he's either what sixty one or sixty three or something like that. He yeah. he loves he loves being in that ring and he loves competing. But I don't know. I in all honesty, I think what happened. You know, it, as shocking as it was on on September tenth um, of last year, I'm thinking that probably sh- it should have been the last one. I mean, he competed that night, and you know, if if you want something that you can have on your uh, on your on your legacy. He, he should. I don't think he should be competing in a few weeks because you think about it. His last match prior to that, you know, even though the the heart attack happened, his final match would show that he beat the WWE champion, which was CM Punk at the time. I would think that would be a nice little thing to uh, have on your uh, on your resume. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I just you know, it, it's probably because, like I said, I'm just I'm worried about the guy. You know what I mean? I don't want anything bad to happen. But again. You know, if his cardiologist said, okay, then, you know, go for it, man. I I don't know. It's it's a personal decision. I'm in no place to make that decision. No one is. If King wants to do it, I wish him the best of luck. Same here, man. Hopefully, hopefully everything is good with him. We don't have, we won't have anything to worry about. And, you know, he'll be back doing his, his commentary just like he always does. And, you know, everything will be good. Yeah, no doubt. And our final news story, and this affects me pretty personally, TNA flagship television show Impact will be moving back to its original time slot of 9 p.m. Eastern starting on May 30th. The big news was announced by TNA President Dixie Carter on Twitter earlier today. It was on May 31st, 2012 that Spike and TNA agreed to move Impact an hour earlier to kick off the 8 p.m. Eastern time, a move which didn't bring much pluses when it came to viewership on Thursdays. The 8 p.m. time slot was announced on the same day it was revealed Impact will be going live every week. Impact is now airing live once every two weeks and is no longer taped at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. TNA took the old WWE model where they go around the country with their show, doing one live television show and then taping the next week's show immediately after. Um... The, the big problem I have with this is how much it's going to affect TNA Chat Live because 
for me to move my start time up an hour is going to be a problem. You know, we'll work the next day. I don't think it's going to make a goddamn difference one way or another. I, I don't know. I'm wondering what they're tacking on before, you know, TNA goes on the air. Maybe they'll have, maybe they'll change it up and they'll have Bellator lead in TNA. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. You know, I, I'm shuffling things around. That just seems to be the way TNA's going. But, you know, that's going to do it, guys, for the News of the Night, man, sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. Again, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, you're making all our lives a living hell. Check it out, man. But, you know, it's just, eh, as far as TNA goes, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into it. But, you know, we'll we'll just have to see. It seems like they're, they're throwing everything at the wall and trying to see if it sticks. You know, and moving to 9 p.m. might just be Spike. I mean, let's not shit all over TNA or get upset at them for doing it. It might be something that was totally out of their control that Spike insisted on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think, I think like I said with uh, Raw a few minutes ago, there's been a lot of concern about, you know, the, the ratings draws that TNA has been doing. I mean, you know, obviously over in the UK, you know, they're, as JJ said many times, they're over like Rover. So, you know, I don't think there's any concern about that as far as the UK goes. But when you see the results of um, what the ratings are for TNA every week, especially the the pre-tape shows, you know, you kind of kind of wonder what's going to be happening. And as I'm uh, watching the conclusion of that match, uh, what I kind of feared happened on main event. Uh, Randy Orton went over on Antonio Cesaro. Well, I think that was to be expected. You know, I mean, Orton's got some momentum going. And, you know, he's, you know, J.J. and I mentioned this last week. He's seen a light. So that's what you're going to get. I'm not surprised by that result at all. Well, yeah, well, yeah I, I see that. And I agree with, with what you guys say about him being or, uh, seen a light. But if that was what was going to happen, wouldn't it have been better for you to save this whole speech that Cesaro made on Monday? Wouldn't it be better to have put it off a week instead of saying that, you know, there's nobody on NXT on superstars on main event raw or SmackDown that is better than me. And yet the very first match following that you have him lose to Orton. I think it would have been better served to have done that this upcoming Monday. So that way, you know, have him start fresh and have him start wrecking fools in the ring. Well, I mean, they think, you know, I've said it a million times. I think we have all timers, you know, we're going to forget about that speech by next Monday. So I think that's kind of their mentality. I agree with you. I mean, the guy gives that speech. He takes a loss now tonight. I mean, okay, yes, it's it's to Orton. I mean, it's not like he fucking lost to Zack Ryder. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I to me, it's, it's you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Cesaro. I don't know what they're going to do with some of these guys that they've got. I mean, now, you know, Ziggler, I mean, that news story really threw me for a loop. When I was getting the news together, I was like, holy shit. You know, Ziggler has a concussion, and, and it was because of interference. It wasn't even, you know, he didn't sustain it in a match. You know, that's a big deal. That could really change the entire feel and the entire, you know, stigma of this pay-per-view if he can't participate. You also got to think about how, depending on how severe this concussion is, how it's going to affect him in the long run. I mean, right now, Punk is out for a little while, you know, resting up. You've possibly got Ziggler out for a little while if this concussion turns out to be pretty severe. Uh, what do you got next? I mean, 
all you've got right now is you know you got you got Cena Ryback, and you've also got for this pay per view you got um, Brock and Triple H inside of a cage. Uh, what else do you got after that? I mean, you know, if Ziggler has to drop the title, you're gonna have Del Rio and Swagger again. Yeah, I don't know, you know, what their thoughts are on Swagger. I mean, he hasn't really still hasn't been that punished. I think isn't his court date coming up soon? Yeah, in June. Uh, yeah, sometime, you're right. Sometime in June. I don't know the exact date, but until that whole thing is settled, I'm pretty sure you're not going to see anything big as far as you know pushes go with Swagger. They'll probably keep him up there still, but I'm pretty sure they're not. It's, he's he's going to be in the doghouse for a little while, especially if he allegedly has this heat for those uh, ladder shots on Monday night. Well, they sure as hell aren't. They're not going to put the title on him. There's no way until until they see how this whole thing plays out. I can't see in any way, shape, or form you're going to get the title put on Swagger. You know, with a court date looming, no fucking way. If they if they were going to put the belt on him, it would have been last month in April on 420. <laughs> Weed. Ah, <sighs> the people, man. What were we talking about, man? Were we doing the Raw recap? Hey, Brucey, you got any Funyuns, man? Aw, oh, man, I ate a ball. I'm sorry, man. Zeb, what's up, man? You breaking up or what? <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Damn. Oh, we're fucked up. Yeah, I see Zeb Coulter. Well, goddamn, I mean, I got to admit that one good thing that comes from Mexico is the goddamn weed, man, because my boy, Jack Swagger, we the people, he knows what's up. Jack, is the weed from Mexico good or what? <sighs> it's great, Zeb. It's just great. It got rid of my <laughs> lisp. Zeb, man, I always love watching you in those old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Why isn't your mustache red anymore, though? Uh, I dyed it, man. You know, I dyed it, man. And that fucking Bugs Bunny, I'm telling you right now, how in the United States of America does a goddamn bunny get over on a war hero? He's a fucking rabbit, man. Bugs Bunny, go back to that rabbit hole and take that turn at Albuquerque and get your ass back where you came from, boy. <laughs> oh god how the hell did we get here it's the weed man it's the weed blame it on the a- 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 alcohol <laughs> it's WNL you knew at some point it would break down so we were going all good and we had That's to bring about, up about, about, a minute, about an hour 20 minutes in I'd say we're right on track and now we're off the track yeah, it is about the time when shit usually breaks down, especially with me at the controls. You never know what's going to happen. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to take our final commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to open up the phone lines. Unfortunately, I'm having trouble with the emails. So if anybody sent an email this week, we will try to get to them next week on uh, Wrestling News Live. I apologize for that. I don't know what's going on. I'm just having, it's been a crazy fucking week. I'm just having trouble getting the emails. But you will be able to call into the show when we come back for uh, myself and L Train. Keep tuned. Who knows what we'll do next right here? Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Yeah, yeah. 
This is Vince Russo. You're listening to Wrestling News Live from the SNS Network. scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. What is up, my SNS peeps? I am the sensational sequel, Sensational Sean. And Ashley, too. Yes, it's still my name. I haven't changed it yet. If you don't know who we are, I mean, we have this really cool show on the SNS Radio Network. It's called The Open Book. We cover wrestling, any like big news that happens in the week, but we more so cover the pay-per-views. We talk about how they went and how we think they should have gone. We cover a little thing called fantasy booking. We also cover all the biggest gaming news, games that have come out, and game reviews. Plus, we've got the latest from the world of film entertainment. Also, perhaps an off-so-regular performance by me in the reviews of movies, too. This is The Open Book. Catch us every week right here at the SNS Radio Network. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksToHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on? This is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fakis. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. 
everyone. This is your hardcore country knockout, Mickey James, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network. Everybody, we're back with Wrestling News Live right here on the SNS Radio Network. Myself, the Bronx Father, and L Train. Uh, tonight, Trey and JJ had some things going on. They couldn't be a part of the show, unfortunately, but uh, L Train stepped up to the plate. He manned up, and he's here with me. Train, what's up? Man, I got to tell you, every time I hear that running the ropes commercial, I just want to go out and grab some Arby's. <laughs> I mean, damn, it just makes me crave that shit, man. I I love Arby's, and every time I hear it, I was like, yeah, I got to go get that. Yeah, especially if you have some of them curly fries, man. Get some curly fries and a roast beef sandwich. There's nothing better. See, we don't have Arby's here in New York. It's weird. I, oh, I don't know why, man. Oh, God, you are missing out. That's what people tell me. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like what, uh, I, I forget what the restaurant chain is that JJ is always talking about that they don't have up in Canada. But it's like that, man. I mean, if I go to Arby's every day, I would. <laughs> yeah, the commercials are great. We don't have fucking Dairy Queen either. It kills me. Yeah, I don't think I've been to Dairy Queen all that much. And I'm pretty sure it's probably to be like, what? How dare you? I mean, hey, I love I, I love ice cream. But, I mean, I don't know. It's For some reason, maybe there's not just that, not that many around where I live. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, we have a shitload of Subways, McDonald's, Burger King, but no Arby's. You know, no, not, I don't even think we have too many Long John Silvers. I think that's the one JJ loves. I don't think I've ever been to that either. The only one I had that was close by closed down a few months ago. Well, I mean, when JJ came to the U.S., I mean, he, you know, he put it away, man. He he ate, you could tell he was enjoying himself. I mean, I don't know what's up, you know, going on up there in Canada, food-wise, but you guys need to get with the program, man. <laughs> Let me get some imports going on. But with that said, man, before we wrap things up, let's open up the phone lines, 501-588-7957. Once again, 501-588-7957. You can add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype if you're feeling real adventurous. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Uh, while we're waiting, man, you know, the pay-per-view, I, I just think we need to elaborate on that a little more. It's coming up. You know, I'm looking forward to it, A, because... It's going to be a good pay-per-view, and B, because I'm looking forward to Sunday Night Showdown, man. It's been a while since we were able to get on Sunday nights and break shit down. Yeah, I think it's been uh, since uh, the, I think the last one you guys had was either um, Elimination Chamber or the last TNA pay-per-view. So right. it's it's been, a, it's been a few months. Um, but you're right, I think it is going to be a, a good show. Uh, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to be having as far as... Uh, Brock and Triple H in the cage. Uh, I think it's it's a tough toss up between Cena and Ryback. I mean, it's it's what we debated the whole time. You know, okay. is it too? Either uh, Elimination Chamber or oh. the last TNA pay per Caller, no, please uh, mute your player. Uh, but you're gonna be a, a good show. Uh, Caller, mute your player, please. Or is uh, Brock and Triple H in the cage? Hello, welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Bronx, what are you talking about? There's not an Arby's in New York. There's one in Queens, my brother. I may live in the Bronx with you, but there's one in Queens. 
Are you shitting me? No, I'm not shitting you. It's in Queens. It's right off of Ridgewood. Oh, shit. Bronx, you have no excuse now. And there used to be one in downtown Manhattan on 6th Avenue, but that one closed. God damn it. See, this is why, this is why the original Don Juan needs to call in more often. <laughs> You're always welcome, brother. What's on your mind? Nothing much, man. You know, watching watching the stuff that... We got, I'm, prepping, I'm prepping for next week. I'm going to the um, PSW show. I mean, the P- PWS show uh, in Queens. And then uh, waiting for like another month for Chris Kelly to come down to the States because we're going to the um, FWE show in, uh, in June. So next week, I will be able to go see the man who I still don't believe is 50 years old, 265 of pure muscle in Scott Steiner. And hopefully the man doesn't break my neck. Oh, boy. The big bad booty daddy. Because, ladies, when I lay you down and I just go all off on you, you will know why I am the big booty daddy. Holla, if you hear me. There you go, man. Love me some Scott Steiner. (laughs) I I tell you, I I loved Steiner when when he was younger. I mean, I, I will honestly say the Steiner brothers were the only team besides the Rockers, which actually made me, like, take my attention off Demolition, who is probably the only tag team that I still root for this day, wondering why the hell they're not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, Demolition needs to be in there sooner rather than later. I mean, what the... What the hell is the holdup, man? I mean, seriously, them, the powers of pain. I mean, holy shit, there are so many tag teams out there we can argue should be in the Hall of Fame together. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, not only tag teams, but I mean, I mean, Demolition, one of the first one of the first teams, one of the first, I mean, wrestling groups to actually have someone record their song for them. Yeah, when that song hit, you know. You knew, you know, it's back to the old school wrestling themes. You knew the first chord of that song, who the hell was coming out. Oh, yeah. And I still think I still think back to one of the first uh, I forget which Royal Rumble it was where Axe and Smash came in one and two and and then went on to beat the living hell out of each other for the next two minutes until the next guy came in. They beat on him, eliminated him and went back to beating on each other. Well, I mean, Train, I like your thoughts on this, man. You know, I remember in the Royal Rumble, you used to have that a lot, where two friends would come in on consecutive numbers, whether it was one or two or five and six, and then they would, you know, nod or shake hands and beat the shit out of each other for two minutes until the next guy came out. That, I love that shit. It was, it was one of the best things about the Royal Rumble. But speaking about tag teams, and, and this, this, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is called transitional speaking. Let, let's talk to some... <laughs> One of the tag teams that, you know, a lot of the rumors are going around that the WWE is looking at in the Briscoes coming from ROH. Oh, boy. Explain to me why this rumor has been going on for 10 years, and I believe it less now than I did five years ago. Drain, let you cover that one, man. Uh, Well, I don't know. I mean, I up until about, I want to say two or three years ago, I had very sparsely gotten to see a lot of uh, Ring of Honor but I I know of the Briscoes, um, very very violent tag team if you get them in the in the proper match. Uh, but I'm from what I've seen today, uh, any hopes that anybody had of the Briscoes getting signed by the WWE, uh, thanks to Jay Briscoe, those might have gone up in smoke a little bit. 
But with him winning the ROH title, I would I would guess. Well, that and uh, apparently he may or he may have uh, said a thing or two that is uh, in very poor taste to some people in regards to the uh, was it, I believe the legalization of gay marriage in uh, Delaware. I think. Eh, well, oh yeah, I was re- I was really re- recently hearing about that, but that's one of the things. I mean, their gimmick has always been, and you know, if there's one thing I can say about the Briscoes, is they're one of those guys who kind of live that old school kind of mentality of living the gimmick outside of the ring. Um, their gimmick is a lot like them. I mean, they're just very, very hard, very hard nosed, very southern, very old school, very confederate, very like. This is how life is, and this is how it's done, and, and this is how we're going to wrestle, and this is how we're going to talk in the ring, and you know that's just how it is. And so, I mean, I don't put it past Jay for having said something like that. I'm not going to say if it's him being a character or if it's him being him, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, then again, this is this is the WWE who had uh, Billy and Chuck for a while, you know. So, and now you've got Zeb Coulter. I mean. Some of the shit that's come out of his mouth, you know, about immigration and all that shit. I mean, I can't see you taking a stance where you're going to let shit like that slide. But, you know, something like what the Briscoes are doing. Well, that's taboo. I mean, that's kind of being hypocritical. I mean, we we talk about hypocritical. I mean, we go back. I mean, it's been brought up, but it's been brought up in the fact that. Uh, what JBL and Eddie Guerrero, God rest his soul, storyline was. I will say what the the things that they did with JBL and Eddie Guerrero, whether or not Eddie and Chavo were the were the masterminds behind a lot of it. You know, it was probably it would no, it wasn't probably it was a lot more racist in what it actually did than what Zeb Coulter is saying. I mean, Zeb Coulter is just spewing the same things we hear, but for you to actually see a you know corn fed Texas white man in JBL walking down across the border, rounding people up and pushing them back into Mexico. That's a lot more damaging than Zeb standing in a ring. Well, I mean, shit, you had the whole angle between the nation of domination, DX and, and, and fucking the hearts where, I mean, they were, you know, spray painting black racial shit in, in the, in the locker room. And they were putting, you know, buckets of chicken and shit. Now, I know that was the Attitude Era, but even back then, I was like, oh, man, you're taking it a little too far, guys. I mean, Attitude Era or not, let's look at how Harlem Heat started. Oh, you're going back, brother. Let's look at how Harlem Heat started. We want to talk about a colonel owning two black guys, bringing them to the ring, and that's their that's their. It wasn't even like their manager. So you know, we we, we can go back. I mean, the Attitude Era just brought everything to the forefront, and we want we want to go even further back. Let's talk about the feud that Harley Race and Ron Simmons had. Even though Harley Race was more the mouthpiece for Vader, but talk about that feud and what Harley Race would say to Ron Simmons. I mean, the Attitude Era. A lot of people like to go back to the Attitude Era. That's just brought everything to the forefront it just kind of was like wrestling saying you know what we're gonna take the cover back we're gonna say what we want and we're gonna say that we're saying that you know instead of back in the day when you really had a lot of things going on where it was just like oh crap did he just say that l train what does your black half have to say (laughs) (laughs) wow i apologize that's what i <laughs> All right. All right. Damn. I kind of expected L Train to come in the back end of that segment and just be like, oh, Where'd you get your KFC? 
Oh man, this is damn. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I, I just you know I, I wanted to really touch on a lot of the things you know, and, and you guys brought it up earlier when you talked about Ziggler's concussion. Um, you know, we're talking about all these guys that are in NXT. We're talking about all these guys now. The rumors going around with the new, uh, I'm going to call it, you know, WWE's version of the power plant in Florida. You know, we're now going to have kind of like this minor league system, all these guys getting signed. Apparently there's all these rumors about there's going to be a big wave of indie guys coming in and a lot of people getting signed from a lot of different promotions and a lot of different, you know, obscure places. You know, they... The biggest issue with me, with it, I'm not saying I don't want these guys to get the money. I'm not saying I don't want these guys to get a shot. I'm not saying that these guys and girls should not sign their contracts. But legitimately, if I was one of them, and this is a guy who I'm five ten, a buck seventy five. I've always wanted to be. A, I always wished I could have stepped into the ring, you know. But if I was one of them, and I'm looking at my options and I'm saying, am I ever really going to break in? Because I'm looking at the guys that are sitting on the main roster right now that nothing's being done with them. And we can talk about, well, Yoshitatsu, at least he's signed on the main roster. A guy like JTG is signed to the main roster. They're making money and that's all great and that's all fine and dandy. But where is their career actually going? At least jobbers back in the day, you know, would would get some kind of damn Don Juan brother your Skype's breaking up on me man Don Juan, I think uh, a game of Pong just broke out on your Skype. Holy shit. Don Juan, I apologize, man. If you want to try to call back in, we'll try to get a better connection on your Skype, man. I, I, I had to let the call go because you were like just whining, man. Call back in, please, if you want to. That was like someone starting up an Atari 2600 or something. Yeah, man. I mean, holy shit. I mean, that... That I think he's probably calling, you know, using wireless, and, and it tends to happen. You know, sorry I'd hang up on you, man, because your conversations are always good. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, what he was saying right now about, uh, um, what was it, uh, about, you know, where a lot of the guys' careers are going as far as, you know, like you said, guys like Yoshi and uh, JTG and how, you know, they're jobbers, but they're making money, you know, as opposed to like, you know, back in the day. Well, this that's that's true. However, one thing I disagree with him on, he's talking about guys like Yoshitatsu and JTG. They're jobbers, true. But back in the day, you had jobbers, but they weren't guys on the roster. They were local guys. I mean, you look back at a lot of the old clips on YouTube of, you know, a lot of the, they were the guys that were jobbers back in the day were independent guys. I mean, you look back at some Sunday Night Heat episodes, you had you know, guys who were in TNA now. You had Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles when they were on the independent scene. They were the jobbers. You had these 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 no name faces who were from the local towns who were looking to get a chance to show off what they can do to the crowds before the shows. And you know, they were jobbers. They were fed to the main roster guys to make the guys on the roster look stronger. For the past several years, what you've had is you've had jobbers 
out of your main roster guys. And the fact that, you know, if, if there's somebody like, like, as we love to joke about Zack Ryder, Zack Ryder has been a jobber for the better part of what, two or three or four years. He's a main roster guy with the right. I mean, the dude is talented, but he's a main roster guy who gets put on as a jobber. I'm wondering if we're ever going to see that time again, where you've got jobbers that are a lot of the independent guys who want to get a shot in and maybe, you know, show off to somebody who's checking them out, but they're not getting it now because every time we get a jobber match with the exception of when Ryback first debuted, we're getting jobber matches now out of people that are on the roster that should be getting taken seriously, but aren't because they're getting squashed. It's, it's like, and you know, I want to say, I, I feel JJ's pain now sometimes with Skype. Um, Don tried to call back in a few times. I don't know what's going on in his end. The phone lines are still open for anyone else who wants to try to call in 501-588-7957. Sunday night showdown to your Skype. But I mean, you know, it, it's it's just, it's like you've got main event jobbers now. Don Juan, you back with oh. us? That guy. Yeah, man, you're really okay. breaking. Okay, we're in love. Wow, this is this is what you get, man. Train you back. I guess I am. Oh boy, it looks like even the, the Skype curse is spreading to me. I just caught the death. Yeah, well, we got Don Juan back on. He he's trying to talk, man. I I don't know what's up, dude. Don, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Now we can hear you. Okay, we reloaded. <laughs> oh man, you want to get into Scarface now? Say hello to my little Skype. Hey, let me tell you something, okay? When you want to talk to the man behind everything that goes down in Florida, you talk to me. So when Vince wanted to build this new this new place for all his wrestlers to go, he came to me. And I said, you know, I still remember what you did to my friend Razor, and I don't like it. But I'm going to let you build your thing over here. So you have fun, and you make your little wrestlers. But you say hello to my little friend. Not bad. What Train was talking about when I lost you was, you know, it's hard to bring up new guys now because you've got like these dedicated jobbers on the roster, guys like, you know, Zack Ryder. You've got guys like that. I mean, you know, I, I hearken back to the days of like Saturday, you know, when you had the Saturday morning show and it would be like Ultimate Warrior versus, you know, John Williams from Mississippi or, you know, fucking Jake the Snake versus uh, Dave Franklin from Ohio. And those were your jobbers. They were the guys who, you know, did the jobs and made the main roster look good. But it's like now you've got your serial jobbers, I call them, who are already signed to the main roster and who are just there to lose. So it's, You mean guys like Kofi Kingston? Well, I don't think I would put Kofi in the in in that. Yeah, I don't know Kofi. I mean, I mean yeah, Kofi. He, he he's not a jobber. He's just eternally stuck in mid card hell. I mean, hell, he's the United States champion. I mean, that's about as that's about as stuck in mid card as you can get. I mean, the fact that they're putting it over it's his third yeah, time. I mean, 
I look at some of the guys. I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to put a t- – excuse me for using old school wrestling logic because I may be young, but I loved – I've always been enamored with the old school wrestling. And a lot of people can say, and I've heard a lot of people say, especially a lot of people in our forum, wrestling's changed. It's a different millennium. It's a different way of doing things. The old way still works if you tweak it. My thing is if you're going to put the title on a guy, whether it be a prop or not, you're basically telling people this guy is a legitimate guy. When Cesaro had the United States title, they did that. They made him look really strong and really legitimate. Even when he lost it to Kofi, he looked really strong and really legitimate in that match. But now, and this is a, a, the multiple empteenth time that we've seen Kofi with either the IC or the U.S. title, and we always see it start strong and taper off. If you're going to put a belt on a guy, you make the guy look strong. And I look at guys who used to have the United States title, guys like Dusty, guys like Tully, you know, guys like Barry Windham, guys who looked strong and eventually went from being in the mid-card to fighting against you know, world champions. I mean, you look at a guy like Magnum TA who went from nothing to United States champion to then almost, you know, being a guy had it not been for his injury, you know, going for world titles. You look at Dusty, you look at these guys who moved up the ranks when they have the opportunity to. So you can be stuck in the mid card. If you're no good, go home. If you're not going to bring it and you're not going to be able to move up, then WWE has to start telling guys, go home. Because if you're as big of a massive machine as you say you are, then you can make a new star. That's the problem. They haven't. We see the guys on the main roster who are either top guys or guys who are in the mid card who are their guys. But once they're gone, where are you going to go? And you can't keep hoping that the indie guys, as great as they are, are going to keep coming in and making it on the fact that they are who they are. I agree. Well, I mean, I can't put that entirely on, you know, the guys themselves, like a guy like Zack Ryder. Here's a guy who had an internet following that was second to none. You take a guy like Christian. You know, he won the title. He gets that huge pop. Vince McMahon's in the middle of the ring. And he's like, really? And then they just, he kind of faded out. You know, I, I think that creative just doesn't utilize some of these guys as well as they should. I mean, yeah, I understand what you're, what you're saying. You make a great point. You need to be dedicated. You need to bring it. But look at a guy like The Miz. Here was a guy who was doing fucking, you know, advertising, getting up at 8 in the morning. What, 8 in the morning? Am I crazy? 6 in the morning to do morning shows, to give his, his whole heart and soul to this company. And now it seems like he's kind of fading out. I mean... You know, WWE has to start giving rewards to the guys who do try. You know what the issue is, though? The issue is the same thing. And I've said this a million times. I've said it to a lot of people. People dismiss me. Here's the thing. We're going through a rehash of that 80s mentality. And here's what I mean. When when Hulk was the moneymaker, if you weren't making Hulk money, the company didn't trust you to be the top guy. 
Okay, there was even a lot of trepidation to let Macho be a top guy, to let the Warrior be a top guy. There was trepidation there. Okay, like a lot of us always say, the Million Dollar Man probably could have been a good top guy for at least a little while. But there's the money issue. Is the Million Dollar Man pulling in the same money that Hulk's pulling in? Probably not. Okay, he's spending it, not making it. You know, and now we're seeing that same mentality with the guys now. We're looking at the Cena. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm a Cena hater in the fact that I don't like the creative character they've built for him. I think the guy busts his ass. He goes in there into the ring and puts on the greatest show that he can when he can every single night. He's limited by what the guys in the back want him to do. I get that. Okay? I want a heel turn like everyone else, but I understand it's all about the money. But the thing is, what the company needs to understand is if Cena's pulling X amount of money every day, if you don't put a guy in a position to be built up the same way they built up Cena, I mean, this is a kid who came out and got rocked by Kurt Angle, almost beat him, but got rocked by Kurt Angle, okay, gained respect, turned into a heel that was liked, okay, with his, with his bad boy gimmick, then went up, beat the, the heel in JBL, and moved up and up and up and up and up. Okay, but he started at the bottom. And if you're not willing to push a guy the way you pushed Asina and make sure that he gets the fan base that allows him to pull the money that Cena pulls, then no one's ever going to make Cena money and you're never going to trust anyone with that spot and Cena will be wrestling till he's 60 years old. That's the issue. This is why you keep bringing back Taker, who I love to see. You keep bringing back Hunter and Lesnar and The Rock because those guys pull Cena money because they're the legend and because they were built in a time when guys were built. But we're talking about Hunter, who went from being, I'm going to come out like a snob, being Hunter Helmsley from England, okay, to wrestling pig slop masses with the Godwins, to now being one of the most respected you know, champions in the business, regardless of his marriage or not. But these guys were built, okay? And Ziggler's the closest that we're getting to it. But look, Zach may have a crappy character, okay? And Zach may have everything but he had, but capitalize on the fact that this guy has a fan base. Capitalize on the fact that The Miz has people who do like him or hate him and build him to be your heel. Build him to be your face. The way you built Asina, the way you built Triple H, because if you don't, you're never gonna get anyone to replace them any which way, whether it be in a small amount or the same amount. Because the problem's gonna be, you're gonna run out of indie guys who are either not gonna wanna come in because they're gonna feel like you're disrespecting them, or they're not gonna be able to pull the same way because you're not gonna allow them to pull and we're gonna run into the same issue that they ran into the territories. You're gonna start running out of top guys in territories that you can pull into your business to make it because they're established guys. If you're not gonna build the young guys, then you know, you're know you not gonna have anyone to take over when Cena's gone, when Orton's gone, when even guys like Sho and Henry and Christian are gone. Your good hands, they may, not, they may not draw the money, money, money like a Cena does, but Cena can draw money without having the belt. And if you're not willing to give someone the chance and take an L in the short term, you're never going to get the W. 
No, I agree. I mean, everything you say is good. I mean, you know, I, I agree with what you say. You're old school. That's obvious. Don, I got to let you go, man. I got another caller waiting on the line. Thanks for the call, man. You're always insightful, and I appreciate you very much. All right, brother. And by the way, before I go for you, uh, you, you want to go down to Metropolitan Avenue, all right? All right, Bronx. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a plan for some Arby's. Fuck yeah. Yeah, 69th and Metro, and you'll find yourself in Arby's. All right, man. Thanks All a right, lot. All right, brother. Take care. Take care, Doug. <laughs> wow, man. You know, g- always good calls, you know. I mean, he, he makes a lot of great points. But we have another caller. Welcome to Wrestling News Live. Who's this? Hey, this is the Gully. How you doing, Broxy? What's up, man? How are you? Pretty Altrey, good. How are you doing, man? Good to hear you. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks a lot, man. All right, do a good job on that WrestleMania show. I listened to it on my 16-hour drive back to Atlanta from WrestleMania. Made for some good listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was Damn. worth it just to, just to go to Mania and, and get that experience. And unfortunately, when I made the call, I was going to make a lot of the points that the previous caller just made. You know, uh, the, the whole problem that WWE has right now is, is you know, not having an heir apparent to Cena. And the reason why they can't heel turn him is because they don't have a guy that can pick up that slack and be the big baby face that could sell all the t-shirts and make all the money. And that was, and I think that's the real difference between now and the attitude era is that you had a lot of guys who were kind of on the same level, you know, even though like Stone Cold was the number one guy when he went down, the rock took over. And then when, you know, if the rock needed to turn heel, he could turn heel. You know, the rock isn't like John Cena in that way. You know, uh, it, it's just very difficult. I think it's. I think it's also hurting them to have all these part timers coming in. You know, it, it hurts them to have Brock Lesnar there, but not be able to really do with him what they uh, could do with him if he was a full time guy. I mean, for really, for my money, the only part timer that I really enjoy seeing coming back is Chris Jericho because Chris Jericho gets in the ring on Raw, and that was my only problem with the rock coming back and everything is that you know he wouldn't show up on raw because of his other you know the other things he needed to do with his movie business <clears throat> but he never, he never actually got in the ring on raw and i think that hurts him a little bit because all these guys that come in they're taking up airtime they're taking up spots and they're not really you know not being full-time wrestlers you can't utilize them the way you really need to utilize them well, I mean, what's happening is with, you know, with Cena, we're all dying for that heel turn, but I think the merchandise is what does it. Yeah, I mean, the guy's, absolutely. you know, he's got a new shirt, you know, every week or every couple of weeks, and that's really where it's going. I mean, it seems like it's more about the merchandise than it is about, you know, the ratings, than it is about the pay-per-view buy rates. Train, what do you got? Well, this, I'm curious about something. The whole fact that, like, uh, Don Juan and uh, um, said about, you know, we've got these these guys who, you know, aren't arguing that that, that kind of that that come up and being able to step up to like where Cena is. Do you think that's just the whole McMahon effect for uh, however long that Vince is still going to be running the company? Do you think that shift to really getting to build up a lot of the other guys so that you have you know, your, your, your multiple Cena stature um, wrestlers in the company. Do you think we're only really going to see that when Triple H takes control? 
Man, Skype is kicking everyone's ass tonight. It sure is. That's why I called on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still going through Skype, which I love. You know, you got to love Microsoft. But, Gully, you're going to be the last call, man. Train, uh, you know, I got, I, I got the gist of that. It, it's, you know, as far as Cena goes, I mean, here's a guy who, who I don't get why he has to, you know, just not be able to take time off. I mean, he's got this injury most likely, and this isn't my pick or my prediction, Cena's going to retain the title at Extreme Rules. Well, where where the fuck you go from there? I mean, I mean, you know, if he if he beats Ryback clean, I think you've basically killed Ryback. If he beats yep. Ryback via shenanigans, you know, like I said earlier, tying him to the goddamn ring, that's going to piss me off. I think, and again, I stand by my my booking scenario. Have it where you keep Cena the hero. He's trying to get up, but Ryback has killed that foot so much that he has to stay down for the 10 count. Give Ryback a title run till SummerSlam. It's not going to kill anything. It's a part of the wrestling quote-unquote season that's very slow as it is. And then before you get to SummerSlam, Cena comes back. Everyone goes apeshit nuts because our hero is back. He's fought back. The worst thing I think they can do with this pay-per-view is let Cena retain. Well, uh, Bronx, the the thing that I just kind of thought of, you mentioned the fact that, you know, at Extreme Rules, Ryback might be targeting the foot, the heel of Cena. The fact that you bring that up and thinking back to the final, you know, the, the chair shots from Ryback, you know, hitting Cena in the back with that chair, how come they didn't try to play it off like that? I mean, the only mention of Cena's injury is his heel. The only mention of it that Ryback made was in the opening promo of the show. You would think that if Ryback has something like a chair and they want to exploit the fact that Cena might be going in uh, into extreme rules as damaged goods, wouldn't you think Ryback would do something with the chair to hit that leg, to hit that foot, to try and weaken Cena more? Yeah, I mean, that's what I do. That, that's what I do. I mean, have fucking Ryback. Hey, Mark Henry. <laughs> You know, have Ryback put the goddamn chair, you know, over Cena's leg and, and have Ryback drop a Hogan leg drop on it or something or an elbow or whatever, where, you know, Cena's ankle is so fucked up, he's trying. He tries to get to his feet, but it keeps giving out on him. And after the 10 count, Ryback's holding up the belt. John Cena's pounding the mat out of frustration. And then fuck it. Let Ryback grab the chair again and hit Cena in the ankle another two, three, four times. It doesn't make Cena look weak. It makes him look human. And that's the problem. John Cena is not a human being. He's Superman. I think Ryback is the uh, perfect example of, of, you know, what's wrong with what WWE's doing. I mean, here's the guy that came out last year, right about this time, was red hot, you know, all the way up to the Royal Rumble. And, you know, then, you know, he got into that program with Punk and, you know, had to lose every pay-per-view because they weren't going to take the belt off of Punk to put it on Ryback. They had their hearts set on CM Punk versus The Rock for Royal Rumble. And I definitely get that. That's a money match. But it hurt Ryback in the process a little bit. I think what really is killing him now is this whole heel turn. I, can't, I think it came at a very inopportune time 
in his development as a character. Well, it's like any time any babyface starts to get over, you know, CM Punk started getting over, the fans loved him, what happened? He They turned him heel. Right back, you know, it's like any time anyone gets to the point where they might equal Cena, they turn them heel. You can't keep doing this. It's not a formula that's going to work a year, two years, you know, into the fucking future. You build a baby face. The fans love him. You turn him heel. He jobs to Cena. It's been the same formula year after year after year. And that's, I think, what we're getting tired of. And the fans told WWE that. I mean, they started chanting same old shit at Cena. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? It does, yep. no doubt. And, it, you know, as long as they're in this rut, and it's definitely a rut, at least from a storytelling perspective, I mean, they, they, they might still be selling Cena shirts, and they still might be making money merchandising-wise on Cena, but as far as being able to build for their future, I mean, you've you got to consider that WWE is kind of in a rebuilding mode at this point, especially with all the talent that's been lost over the past three or four years. I mean, when you look at the names that have dropped out, you know, HBK, you know, Triple H and, and Undertaker aren't around anymore. <clears throat> There's been a lot of big names lost, and they haven't been able to build any new stars because they can't break the uh, Cena ceiling. And it's like you said, you know, every time somebody gets a little hot, gets a little momentum, they have to turn him heel so that he can face Cena. And you know, that's that's going to be the storytelling rut that's going to kill them. I mean, I can't imagine how screwed WWE would be if Cena went down right now. Because there's nobody around to really pick up the slack. You can't go now and turn Ryback back to a face. I mean, I, they probably could because, I mean, they turned uh, Del Rio and Miz's face with hardly any explanation at all. I would have liked a little something on those two guys, you know? Well, you make a great point. I mean, Del Rio and Miz, without a doubt. I mean, it's like uh, Miz, I saw it coming. But Del Rio was like, you know, one night he saves the, you know, Latino announced team, and all of a sudden he's a face. I was like, really? I mean, <laughs> I mean wasn't it this. two weeks prior that the son of a bitch ran over Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, it was two weeks later. Actually, <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous. You know, uh, the day he came out of the face, I'm like, wait a minute, did this guy just nearly kill Santa Claus? Yeah. Oh what the, the, why the, the hell would I want to get up and clap for this guy? He's been an arrogant prick since he came into the WWE, and you, don't get me wrong, I like Del Rio a lot, and I liked him very much as a as a uh, heel. I can't really get behind him as a babyface, even at this point, now that he's done it for a few months. It just doesn't feel right. And I get it that they, you know, they want to have like a uh, a Latino star to cheer for because they want to tap that market, but you know, Del Rio didn't seem like the guy for me to do that well i mean my my problem isn't so much with you know the face run it was the face turn that's like you said that's what killed me i mean a face turn used to be gradual used to be week to week now they do it in one night but gully i want uh l train your thoughts man and then we're gonna wrap this shit up man we're who knew we're running late wnl you say are you kidding me? The first time ever running late on WNL. 
Yeah. Oh, was it me first? No, nah, train, man. Let's yeah, close it up. What's up? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a working process, I think. You know, everything leading up to extreme rules. Um, I kind of like to see it. Honestly, you know, you see everything with Raw. I'd like to see a little bit more development to a lot of things on SmackDown. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just the fact that you know we start off every week with Raw, and you know the, the, the Raw thing kind of leads into WrestleMania Live. But it, it seems like we don't get as much development with the SmackDown setting up some stuff. We kind of had that a little bit with uh, Big Show and Orton uh, uh, last week, but. I mean, maybe, maybe this week we'll get some more uh, details. I mean, I know we've got at least one thing as far as the whole thing with uh, Ziggler and uh, that concussion. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, that's that's a huge deal if you're WWE. And I think it leads to, and I, this is basically, you know, the last topic I want to bring up. When you've got your champ, your main eventer, ready for a pay-per-view and it's less than two weeks minimize their in-ring minimize their you know doing interferences and run-ins just to be safe because the money is in the pay-per-views and does it really pay to risk a guy i think they need to start protecting guys more prior to pay-per-views to make sure they can get on the big show you know you've got your your world champion here who now might not be able to be on your pay-per-view because you had him do a run-in. Did he really need to do a run-in? No. You know, you got less than two weeks. I mean, come on. Just just let the guy cut a promo. Keep him out of the ring. I think you got to kind of do like, you know, a sports team does. You've got the playoffs clinched. Well, you don't put in your starters. You just don't. All right, now, Brooks, now here's a... All right. Um, now here's a scenario I'm wondering, with the fact that we've got possibly if, if Ziggler winds up not being able to go for Extreme Rules, what do you think the scenarios might be as far as, as, far as the placing goes? Do you think they might just turn into one on one Ziggler um, Rio versus Swagger for World And if so, do you think get back on Del Rio, or do you think, despite all the unlikelihood, they might have? Um, they might have Swagger win the belt, or do you think they could even uh, just have it be like they? It's not for the title; it's for a number one contender thing, like they kind of do with uh, when they, what they did with Punk, and just have Ziggler sit out without the title. Or better yet, what if they actually did like a substitution thing? Like, what if Ziggler can't go? What if they put uh, they put Langston in in this place to defend? What I would do, and unfortunately, I mean, I got. Everything you said, but I mean, again, guys, Skype is killing our ass. What I would do is what you said. Here's what I, I here's how I'd do it. If Ziggler can't go, have Biggie substitute for Ziggler. However, yeah. however, if Biggie wins, he doesn't get the title. Biggie's just representing Ziggler. Biggie wins. That enables Ziggler to retain the title, and when Ziggler's healthy again. That can really stir the shit between Dolph and Big E because Big E, you know, could come out and say, look, I won that match at Extreme Rules. 
and I only won it so you could keep the title. But the fact that I did win it means I'm the number one contender now. And you know what? We're friends, but that title means more to me than our friendship. I'm challenging you for it at the next pay-per-view. You could do that. That's, I think, a good out. Because, like you said, they need an out. If Ziggler can't compete, what the hell do you do? I don't think Big E's ready to be a contender for the title. But if he wins, and as a result, Ziggs keeps the belt, well, you've planted a real big seed of hostility between Big E and Dolph. I agree. That's a good thing. Like you said, I think it would be a little too soon to do that. As far as uh, potentially turning turning Biggie against Dolph, but like you said, it could it could plant the seed. I think you just let that seed fester for a little bit, and if they possibly do have Langston win the uh, SmackDown Money in the Bank, I think that's when you can start kind of you know tweaking things a little bit. Like maybe around the around the summertime, you know, you've got Biggie with the briefcase, and slowly but surely, they kind of start playing into it a little more and more that. You know, Big E seeing Dolph with that belt with AJ on his arm, and he's saying he might want that also. Both both things. No doubt. Who doesn't want AJ? Gully, man, I appreciate the call. We're about to wrap stuff up. Uh, thanks All a right. lot. If I could uh, just take a moment to thank you guys for bringing us a WNL tonight. Great job. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll see you next time. Anytime, man. Thank you very much. All right. Okay, All right, Train, we're getting to those wee hours of the night where networks start to crash and people do maintenance, and maybe that's what's up with Skype. But I want to thank you, man, for joining me tonight. Hey, I appreciate the invite, man. It was uh, fun. I can honestly say I never thought I'd get to co-host on uh, WNL again, and uh, I think it's I think it's pretty set in stone that uh, – if I'm going to keep on getting brought on for these repeat performances, i got to start uh, asking for a bump in pay or something. Well, you never know, man. It might happen. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, at least a, at least a five-cent raise, so that way I can start making five cents an hour. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I don't know how to go on from there. Brother's happy with five cents an hour. You know, I'll pay that shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know, man. You might want to start save up some of that money so you can uh, take AJ out on a date. Yeah, but she's crazy, man. I, I don't know. It's like, would you want to sleep with that bitch in the same room? Mm, yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Throw in Naomi and damn, you're good. Oh, yeah. Anyway, with that said, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You know, the show is the same, but the hosts always change. It's like uh, Sports Center, like Trey said, Saturday Night Live. But I'm glad we were able to bring you a show tonight. Check out all the other shows on the SNS Radio Network. Go to snsradionetwork.com. You'll see them. You have the Elite Force, uh, the Elite Force wow. podcast. I stuttered. <laughs> Midweek and weekend always. You've got the open book, which has returned this Friday night. I'm hoping at its normal time, 11 p.m. Eastern. TNA Chat Live, which there will be a TNA Chat Live tomorrow night, but 
as far as the future of that show, it's a little up in the air. I'll keep you guys up to date on what I'm going to do. Uh, no pay-per-view this weekend, but you have your weekend podcasts. You know, you've got Beyond the Bell, all the great shows. If I forgot anyone, I'm sorry. It's late. We're tired. <laughs> Skype has been beating my ass nonstop all night. So, Train, any closing words? Uh, yeah, if, uh, if you don't mind, um, if I could uh, put out a little plug for some of the other shows on the network, uh, I would uh, definitely like to uh, give a shout-out to, as I've said a few times, uh, Running the Ropes with Maverick and the, I would say, now infamous uh, Chris Kelly of HeadlocksTheHeadlines.com. Um, I think he's slowly but surely becoming the uh, cash uh, of the network. Um <laughs> I would also, I'd also like to, if you guys get the chance, give a listen to uh, the whole indie show with uh, Sandro and Ashley and potentially. Um, I sent in some emails regarding uh, three independent shows that I went to this past weekend, including, uh, well, including a very unique show that uh, I'm not sure how many people are aware of called Lucha Vavum. Uh, it's actually a Lucha Libre slash comedy slash burlesque show that is always a lot of fun. My second time going there. and uh, Ooh. I, I, I can't really say there were a whole lot of results, but because, quite frankly, the description could really uh, fulfill exactly what I saw there. Because what I saw was very, very nice. So if you guys ever get the chance to get a Vavoom show in your uh, local area, I highly recommend checking them out. No doubt, man. You know, that's that's great. And, you know, just check out wrestling. You know, we had a great uh, short interview earlier, you know, talking about independence, talking about, you know, just what's going on in the indie scene and people who do want, like John, to, you know, revamp the, the indie scene. And I hope that he's successful. You know, we need to support him. Uh, by the way, the open book will be at 10 p.m. Eastern Friday night. I apologize. Thank ah. you to Brass Eye for Brass Eye is always there to help out. <laughs> well, yes, unless uh, unless he comes on and you know has has his meds kicking up a little bit because uh, that's that's when things usually get fun. Yeah, it always gets fun on the network. I mean, tonight was fun. It was crazy. It was last minute, but I. I think we did a good job l train i appreciate you man thanks a lot hey anytime man my white half thanks you and my black half says peace out next time sucker oh shit oh man i'm in trouble with half a black man i gotta watch out <laughs> hey come on after them shots last night i was i was in full on ron simmons man i was just looking at the phone listening to y'all and i was just taking that little pause damn I think that's a great way to end things. So on behalf of L-Train, appreciate it, man. Thanks for everyone listening. JSK. Oh, man, I could only imagine what you're thinking. But take us out of here, man. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. How could it be anything but this? 
Oh, God. thing with this closing song is we have one guy who's done more drugs than Jeff Hardy. Oh. Love you, Ozzy, but you're burnout, man. when you can actually understand what Ozzy was saying, where it wasn't like, hey, you're bloody hell. What? Really? I mean, get a translator, man.
you know, if they ever have Ozzy back on the show on Raw, can we just have one segment with him talking to the great colleague? Yeah, I mean, how would that go? Every do I do by a do. I Shit, that sounded like Skype tonight. <laughs> That's it. Good night, everybody. Peace. Yeah. L train. Hang up. Yeah, I'm out of here. That's- Live is not affiliated with the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, or any other professional wrestling and or entertainment companies and exclusive to the SNS Radio Network.